0: welcome to the Crate and Crowbar spoiler special on Prey. My name is Chris Thurston and tonight I am joined by Tom Francis. Hello. And John Roberts. Hello. Hi chaps. It's really warm in here. Mm -hmm. It was warm in here when we recorded the podcast that we just recorded in here, episode 190, but now it's really warm. (laughs) When will this end?
1: (laughs) No idea what you got up to in the previous podcast. It's sticky in here, John, (laughs) and there's no
0: getting around that. So we are going to discuss Prey, the not really sequel to Prey (laughs) by Arcane Studios. It came out a couple of weeks ago and we've all played all the way through, um, in sufficient depth now to do kind of what we did with Dishonored 2 and probably will do with all Arcane games, um, which is, Talk about them in in deeply spoilery detail. So you will be necessarily receiving this as part of your regular Crane Crowbar feed. However, if you do not want Prey spoiled for you in its entirety over the next X number of hours, uh stop, stop this, stop this now and go away and um, and return when when you've finished it. Because we're going to talk in about everything really that's in this pretty good. I would say great. I would say maybe with some flaws, but good, but great. <laughs> Who knows? We'll find out. Game. Um I think that basically covers it, doesn't it? In terms yep. of disclaimer. We're going to spoil Prey guys. We're going to spoil the video game Prey, not the 2006 one. <laughs> this one, the 2017 one. What with the little gribbly mimicky men. I
2: noticed that when I take videos and screenshots of Prey, uh, you know, the file gets named after the executable you're running mm-hmm. and they're all called Prey2. So they're ah. totally called Prey2 for Bunch of which would make even less sense. Like, yeah. It really has nothing to do with it.
0: Because then it risks getting confused with Prey 2, a completely <laughs> different game that never came out. Yeah. So, I mean, weirdness aside, um, I guess, so, in a bunch of different ways, Prey is a system shock sequel. Yeah, it whatever have- happened. And, and more specifically, even than that, It's a system shock sequel that probably should have been called psycho shock. (laughs) Can we, like, based on the prevalence of that term? Yeah, that
2: that is a skill in the game. And yeah, as soon as you see it, you kind of think, hmm, (laughs) that seems like a a name that would have worked for this. Uh, but even so, it's called Prey. And I think the best way to
0: approach talking through it is to go in, in roughly chronological, which is kind of what Tommy and I did for Dishonored 2. It's less easy in this case because the kind of, it's not open world game, but the open, structure of the game allows you yeah. to tackle it in different ways
2: we can kind of just do it in the order that we did it and yeah whenever you know someone gets to a bit first <laughs> then they got to that bit first okay because um, it was it'd be good to start with the intro because although we like i've actually talked a lot about prey in terms of mechanics and like how much i like it um, um uh, various criticisms of it on the podcast but Uh, in contrast to that you kind of can't say anything about even like the first minute (laughs) without Mm. spoiling things in terms of like what actually happens and i really like the intro Uh, it was one of the very few sort of narrative intros to a game where i was completely on board and kind Mm. of um uh the reveal uh worked really well for me um Immersive sims have a history of, of betraying you. <laughs> like, mm. uh, usually they wait a lot longer than this one does. Um, and so it's nice to get that betrayal over right up at the start. So, I mean, well, I would, given that this
0: is a spoiler cast, we can get straight into it. So, Prey <laughs> opens with a, the kind of bait the Switch games don't normally do. I mean, games do the, this wasn't really the place you thought it was all a simulation thing. Yeah. That, that trick has been done. And the thing that's often frustrating about it is as soon as you establish that there are people in the game who can simulate anything to any degree of fidelity, then what does anything mean? Which is something that Prey is going to deal with. And we'll Mm -hmm. get to that. Um, the nice thing about Prey's intro is it shows you the behind, literally the behind the scenes workings Mm -hmm. of the entire, all of the technology used to dupe you into thinking that you're in an apartment in San Francisco, is there in the world and is consistent with other technology in the world. Yeah. The fact that this entire thing is also an advanced simulation <laughs> yeah. at a higher level, a double matrix, if you will, from the matrix two, matrix reloaded, um, is, is maybe a question we're going to get to when we get to that point, but it's, it's an interesting point of contrast that the game has both in it. It has the kind of the practical special effects matrix and the CGI bullshit matrix. do you guys, in
2: um, did you guys break the fish tank or the balcony door? <laughs> uh, like what? once you get out, so... Oh, when he tells you to escape. You go through your routine once and then uh, an alien breaks out in the tests and then you wake up again in your apartment. And to be honest, my heart kind of sunk at that point because I was like, I'd already seen some stuff in the trailer about like living... Uh, the trailer hints at living the same day again and again. Like uh, the, I keep having this dream thing is repeated. Hmm. Um... And I am—I've been so burned by everyone who does this, makes you do it three times, and the second time just gives you nothing. It's just the same fucking thing again. And particularly, I actually got really pissed off with um, uh, Edith Finch for this. Uh, where an action had to be repeated in a really arduous way. Um, and I have no tolerance for to repetition at all. <laughs> and I was like, oh, do I really have to do that fucking ride again to the office? But then no, just as soon as you go out your door, um, uh, shit has got fucked up, yeah. and uh, now. It actually, I so I didn't remember how I got out of that. I remember walking around, and then I, I remember getting into the, the guts of the place and looking around, and then I watched a YouTube video of, um, it was actually Christopher Odd, and he, once he gets the wrench, he goes back into his apartment and then thinks, oh, I wonder if I can break this window now. And he does break the window, and it's got a special, like, slow-mo moment hmm. for that, where the yeah, whole glass high. shatters, and instead of being a balcony looking out over San Francisco, it's uh, a bunch of lab equipment that's been monitoring him all the time. And that moment works really well, because it fills your whole screen, hmm. Um and yeah, I guess I broke the fish tank. I don't remember doing it, but I'm pretty sure I just broke the fish tank. And- yeah.
1: The first time I went out through the window, and like you said, it's got a special animation for it, so it looks as good as possible. And that's because I hadn't learned to distrust fish tanks yet. <laughs> and I think every time after that you see a fish tank or a waterfall or something, you should be immediately suspicious of it. That's true, actually. A,
0: we get to the arboretum later, but mm. the arboretum has a suspicious waterfall. Basically, yeah. if you see somewhere a fish might live, it's a lie. <laughs>
2: the fish is a lie.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was a really effective intro as well, particularly because I think the it doesn't sort of overplay its hand with what's going on. It's relatively clear to you that something weird is going on, and the nature of that tutorial and their disappointment when you just hide behind a yeah, chair <laughs> rather than mimicking the chair as you're expected <laughs> it to do is kind of nicely handled because i think even if you are aware of the kinds of powers you'll get in the game from marketing materials and stuff that almost works in that context because you kind of have a sort of half sense of what they want you to do but you can't do it yeah
2: i actually when i was doing that um was not thinking at all about powers i was literally thinking oh this is the tutorial teaching me to, to um crouch and shit and uh the context i didn't think much about the narrative context of it at all and uh even like a while later trying i, I uh, I can't remember if I just noticed the achievement or someone talking about the achievement, but there's an achievement for going back and doing all those tests the way they expected you yeah, to do. Yeah, I them. got
0: that organically actually just by and seeing if it would work. And, yeah, yeah,
2: so I, it wasn't until I saw that existed that I went back and thought about those tests and thought, oh, what, what powers are they testing? And obviously the one where they want you to hide is a mimic one because there's, um, uh, a, there's an object in the room for you to mimic and they're asking you to hide. The one with a switch that's across the room, obviously it's remote remote manipulation. And then the one with the boxes is like kinetic blast. You're supposed to knock them out with uh with that and so they all have a solution which is basically instantaneous like if you had the right power you could just do this instantaneously and that's why they ask you to do it as fast as possible and i love how it's already funny that intro like uh when you go through the first time and like you hide behind the chair and like, is she hiding behind the chair <laughs> and you're like what else was i supposed to do and uh it's even funnier when you know that they're expecting you to mimic it <laughs> like, <laughs> like show us your alien powers and she just like crouches behind the chair can you see me
0: the other side of that is that it gains new meaning when you know the actual ending of the game and who you actually are in prey and you know i'm not sure exactly what the parameters are of that simulation that you're being run in but the fact is the first thing you do as um god as a typhon organism living the memories of a human woman exposed to typhon dna is a test that finds out how Typhon you are (laughs) and the fact that you behave completely as a human in that moment is sort of significant for the broader test you're doing, which is can a Typhon be convinced that it's human. If that makes sense. Mm, Sorry to skip all the way to the end, but like (laughs) that first test actually has huge ramifications, I think, because you wonder if like you're not allowed to, there are other things in the game where they fail you for that bigger test. And that almost feels like if you'd used Mimic there, they'd probably go like, no, this one's too Typhon. <laughs> like, start the simulation it's, over again.
2: So the, um, it is a, it's a whole load of things stacked on top of each other. Like A, you're secretly a phantom in this simulation and living a, a human's memories. B, this human's memories have been reset to, uh, the moment before they installed, uh, a bunch of alien neuromods. Um, because every time you uninstall a neuromod, it resets your memory to then um But then it's kind of interesting to like look around that apartment. I was trying to figure out like, um, like they've also tried to recreate what your memory is of that moment. And there's notes, there's like a note lying around explaining how to install your first neuromod. But there is no neuromod in your apartment. Obviously, you mm. don't get this till later. And so that feels kind of out of whack. Like if my last memory is of a if the state of my apartment at that time had a instruction about how to install a neuromod in it. Either the neuromod would still be there, or I would have already installed it. So my memory of that apartment should have had the neuromod in it. I feel like, or maybe I've taken that home from work or something. Mm. Uh, but I, obviously, it makes sense that that it isn't in there because they, um, you know, the reason those guys expect you to to uh, pass those tests with alien powers is you hear one re- reference like, "Oh, I I installed everything that someone brought down." Mm. Uh, so they think they've installed Neuromods in you. And I think, is it January who stops that from happening? Like she Mm. in some way um, intervened? Uh, For anyone who doesn't know, by the way, um, uh, I was playing as a female Morgan, and Morgan's gender determines January's gender as well. Yeah, I
0: saw that actually when I watched, um, after I finished it, I went back and watched some speedruns because I was curious about how people did it. And it's really weird hearing male January. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: It determines January's voice and also the contents of your bathroom. (laughs) <laughs> Mostly, and december's
0: um, voice is obviously
1: um yeah kind of december's voice is very um uh, artificial
2: yeah scene. i can uh, my a note in my quest log said oh i met another drone who also sounds just like me I'm Like, no oh, he <laughs>
1: fucking didn't
2: <laughs> no relation at all um i'm guessing uh so did you play as, as male or female
1: i've done both now all
2: right uh do because in playing as a female uh morgan i had Uh, Like my handbag and uh, a pair of pretty feminine looking shoes. I'm guessing that's different.
1: Yeah, the main difference is he has shaving foam and a (laughs) rack full of ties instead. I actually uh,
2: found it weird, found it hard to um, remember that I was playing a woman because I just, I guess I'd just seen enough of the sort of marketing material. And that, you know, that would also go for like Mass Effect, but in Mass Effect, you're seeing your character all the time. So you kind of, it's really easy to ingrain. And I would just, uh, almost every time. Uh, I would either see myself. I, with January, I just didn't. The fact that she was my voice didn't sort of. Mm. I knew it, but I didn't. It wasn't internalized at all. Um, and so every time I saw myself or someone referred to me, um, uh, with like female pronouns, I had to kind of realign. Oh yeah, I am a woman. <laughs> it's um, it's funny because like
0: Morgan, I almost said, I was trying, I was trying to refer to the the Morgan that you are, and I almost referred to this as Morgan you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Is kind of a mute protagonist, but is surrounded by other versions of themselves mm. who are not. So whenever you see yourself in a in a video or anything, that's kind of established. It's, it's not really you because it's, well, it, uh, God, <laughs> it's a different you. I'll put it yeah. that way.
1: It's actually the first time I've been genuinely genuinely disappointed that um, there's no real time reflection in the game. There's been a few times where I actually just wanted to go to a mirror and see what I looked like huh. just to check if I am this person that everyone tells me <laughs> i am
0: its it's funny the 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 very some of the first videos pieces of art they put out for the game were of of male Morgan, the one that at the time we thought looked like Graham, hmm. like looking into a mirror like seeing the kind of typhon in his eyes, and you literally literally cannot do that in the game <laughs> yeah yeah
1: it's i mean it's set up so that it's not actually uh arcane's fault it's not their engine it's alex's engine in the future you <laughs> mm. can't support real-time reflection <laughs> you know, so yeah
2: they have yeah. looking glass technology <laughs> but not
0: mirrors yeah there's a yeah complex iron there so after the simulation like that beginning is relatively know, it's not linear like i was going to say like it's you know is there much to say about until you get to your office and discover the first half of the video but actually quite a lot happens in that time so yeah. you go around and
2: explain what happens in that time <laughs> i had uh probably a, uh, unusual experience with this because i played the demo a lot and the demo on, on playstation was neuromod division and then also the lobby and there are various i think just the lobby like you can't go any of the other doors out of the lobby that, mm. that's like a loading screen um but they artificially prevented you from going back to Neuromod Division. And Neuromod Division has loads of branches off it. And I knew about those. And I'd been through all the, both those areas really thoroughly. And I knew what all, all the options were. I also knew where a lot of Neuromods were in the uh, lobby. And the main thing I was keen to do was to go back to Neuromod Division and, and explore all that. So I went to the lobby and just kind of speed ran to all the, <laughs> where I knew all the Neuromods were. Like smashed the... um glass the museum got that one went up to my office got a bunch there went into i think it's the sales division there's like Mm. a bunch that are stashed in there and then ran straight back to neuromod division and um installed the things i needed to get into those uh other places i think um can't remember what i actually needed to get into those places uh i guess like hacking i think hacking you through like Mm. two of those doors or something um and so my first, like, five hours of the game were back in, like, mm-hmm. all the areas you can get to from there, like, fabrication and all the volunteer testing stuff.
0: Right, because I didn't encounter until all right to the end of the game, actually. Right. Mm. Like, I, and I guess, so, you know, it's going ahead too much, but, like, one of the discussions we've been having a lot as so we talked about the game is the fact that you didn't encounter the thing where after you've manufactured a certain number of Neuromods, it cuts you off. Yeah. Because you went to Neuromod fabrication straight away and yeah. disabled it without realizing that's what you were doing. Like, yeah,
2: the way... It- the way I encountered it was that, like, that it was actually the first place I went in in Neuromod Division was, um, once I returned to it, was um, the fabrication place. And I knew I'd, it, it was, I really enjoyed it because I had the sense of, like, I'm not supposed to be here at all. This is clearly way beyond me. All I've encountered was Mimics. And I think you've seen One Phantom by that point, but I haven't fought any. Um, and in that area, there's a Technopath and right. all it says is they don't have like psychoscope or anything at that point so it's just question marks and it's this <laughs> giant fucking jellyfish thing and i just kind of i heard it and i then i saw like a glimpse of it i was up in like a balcony area or sort of like a high office with an overlooking mm. window in that area and i could see it moving around down there and obviously i was terrified like hiding from it and uh there was um a bunch of turrets near me like boxed up and I think I just like moved one of those or something and then the technopath strayed close enough to me that they all turned to the technopath side and like, like shot up into the air and um uh just went to the technopath. I didn't actually uh I think it might have shot up briefly, but it well like it wasn't a real threat. It was just like he's got them now. <laughs> <And> <laughs> i'm still back up in the office and like, okay, all the turrets are gone now. Um and I ended up like throwing I think at that point I already had like an EMP charge, so I was throwing those down. Um I managed to break all his turrets and leave him exposed, but still just the thing itself was terrifying to me. Um And ended up, like, stalking. I was desperately trying to, like, sneak around and try and explore this area without directly engaging this thing. Um, And I think, I don't think I even had the shotgun at this point. I think I literally just had the pistol and the wrench. Um, And I ended up, like, as I was sneaking through that area, picking up fuel barrels and trying to bring them all to one place in, like, a doorway. And uh, my plan was to, like, lure it through and then shoot the fuel barrels as it went over them um and i had literally one bullet in my gun <laughs> no other ammo no other projectile weapons nothing that could set off a um a fuel barrel and uh like I had, I, it got so hard to lure him into that or i was just waiting for him to kind of patrol it because i thought i'd seen him near that area and uh eventually i had to like reposition all my fuel barrels because i realized he was never gonna come near it and then uh he did get to me and i did shoot the fuel barrels but i think i kind of I did it too early or it wasn't um uh he wasn't close enough and uh so i think it did like some damage but it was clear i was not going to kill this thing and that was my one shot <laughs> and uh all the fuel barrels in the place i think i used up um but already i could see there was like a um that's actually i think why i went into strength in a big way because in that area there's a door that leads to a a cache of exotic material mm. and yeah there's a computer in there that um Uh, As far as I was concerned, it was just, it had an error message on it that I needed to cancel to get at the computer to read the emails and stuff. And that, the thing I canceled was the revoking Neuromod license, Mm. uh, which I guess (laughs) preemptively completed that quest Mm. um, before I ever got to it. And that's, I also got the Neuromod fabrication plan there. um, And so from then on, I was using exotic material to fabricate it. I didn't have, um, I think I couldn't get into someone's office up there that I did get into when I returned to it later. um, And that's where you can unlock the exotic material cache but i saw that the door was unpowered and it, it tells you like oh uh force open with strength three or leverage mm. three uh and at that moment i was like i need leverage three <laughs> just i, I already i would had experiences in the demo that led me to believe like oh you don't really need leverage three because you can kind of use leverage one to like throw stuff around and there's other ways around those obstacles but then when i saw there's like this kind of hard gating like if you're if you're that strong doesn't matter if the door's off you're just going to rip it open <laughs> that was way more interesting to me so mm. i for that how about you, John? How did that beginning after
0: after the, I guess, after Nora mod the the strictly relatively linear bit, mm. which is like, are you going to hack this door, etc.?
1: I think I um, wandered around and made the most of the lobby area because I hadn't played the demo. And so I just delved into all the nooks and crannies in there, um, went through the vents down into security and had fun finding the shotgun for the first time. Mm. Uh, eventually made my way up to the trauma center. And because I'd heard Tom talking about it before, was deathly terrified of the (laughs) phantom that's wandering around in there. Yeah, Uh, because I think you played the demo and said, "Oh, it's just—it's you can't kill it, and it one (laughs) shots you." And so, an incredibly tense, like sneaking around in there. Um, Was it just one in there? There's
0: two in there, normally I think.
1: I think it's generally one um, fire type. There's one fire phantom and one regular phantom in there. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, it's, it's a really hard encounter to go out that early on, and you don't get a lot for snooping around in there. Um, you find yeah. the, the guy who's been possessed, and the code he's cut in the um, padded cell, which I tried in every single lock from <laughs> then on, because I, I didn't put two and two together. It's like, it's a lock, like... Ten meters away. <laughs> <laughs> but I tried it in every single combination lock.
2: I think you can't use it yet, can you? Because it's someone's safe. and you yeah. Can't yeah you office itself key card for a while. Mm. Um, that there's a little bit of a what seemed to me like almost a gotcha in there, where there is a drone that is loudly complaining about neat, r- urgent send repairs or mm. um please send a qualified engineer. And it's a med bot that's been damaged. And at that point in the game, well, I guess it depends when you get to it, but. um first time i got to that i still haven't really decided how to spend my neuromods and i was like oh if i got repair i could repair this medbot but there's also a medbot dispenser like on the other side <laughs> of the room that you can just press a button on and get a free medbot from
0: yeah actually that encounter was like my first so like my story repair as a whole is like escalating power and we'll definitely get there when we talk about like completion times i think for one thing but like at the beginning i was taking things very very slowly and actually i i did the trauma center bits before i'd done anything else and before i'd even had a gun hmm. I had the glue gun and I had the wrench, and I, it was terrifying. But like, I was like, "Oh, this is what the game is. The game is how do you survive this with nothing?" And it took me a while to figure out that you can pick up the turrets. So mm. as soon as I figured out how to pick up the turrets, I, I made like a turret trap outside the front door of the trauma center, and then did the thing. Presumably, everyone tries once, which is I'm going to find all of the explosive canisters I could can find and put them <laughs> in a pile in front of the door, and then went and like baited the. um the phantoms into chasing me and the turrets took them out and it was super gratifying like realizing that they can knock over the turrets and that's bad and like running in to pick them back up again and you know pointing them in the right direction. Um I had I very like early on in the game like I put all of my Neuromods into hacking and repair. because like, I figured, oh, these are the two things. Like I actually I never put a point in in, in strength mm. for the entire game. Uh everything like early on everything was hacking and repair because I thought well part of it was a role play decision. Like I kinda of wanted to play Morgan like an engineer lost in this big kind of horror space station puzzle that could be solved through engineering and trickery rather than combat or 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 punching or stealth or anything like that. But also partly it was because I figured like this is gonna get me into the most interesting places if I can repair stuff. And actually later in the game it definitely helps a lot having mm. like max engineering and max hacking. Um But um and that was super gratifying. And, like, I also had the idea early on that I was going to try and, like, save everybody I could. And so I spent a while trying to figure out... Because when you find that guy in his cell, Mm. his head blows up. Because that's what happens when possessed or like mind-controlled humans encounter you. And something I'm still curious to know is if it is possible to kill the telepath that is controlling him. Because my thought was, there's a telepath on the outside of the station. mm and this is one of the mad things Prey would totally do. But I wouldn't put it past them to have that telepath be the one that's you know, through the walls or whatever, mind controlling that mm. specific guy. I don't he's know if that's accurate. A bit.
1: volunteer subject, isn't he? Yeah. So, and there's a bit of an email chain about why he's there yeah. and how he got there. So it might be possible to backtrack exactly which one did it.
2: Is he thirteen?
1: Yes think mm. but like i
2: read a lot about subject
0: 13 yeah. yeah that might it might simply be that but yeah it's just because he behaves exactly like uh the ones where you can save them if you can take out the Talibata. yeah
2: I, I when i came across him and i had the keycard to open it and i thought well i'm not sure i want to do that um and so i saved and tried it and uh I opened the door and obviously like he um he goes aggressive, so I immediately hit him with a wrench. And he just, cl- like, just ragdolled. <laughs> and, uh, I thought I'd knocked him out, so I was like, oh, okay, that was easy. Um, and I tried to, like, surge his body, and then he just got back up again, and then his head exploded. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. It's a bait and switch. I'm not dead, but I'm now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I went back to my save and did what I, my instinct was to do, which is to leave him well alone. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get the, um,
0: I explored quite a lot before I went to my office for the first time. Um, which meant that I'd I'd found the shotgun and upgraded it before I found the pre-order bonus shotgun <laughs> that it gives you, Um which I just put back in the locker. Basically, I don't <laughs> want this. I
1: oh, want well, this is my mum's shotgun. I can't <laughs> use this. Yeah, it's a weird. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Does the uh, pre-order one
1: do extra damage?
2: Or it's
0: just got a pretty skin. Mm. It's got like a art deco kind of thing. Um, and then yeah, so then actually after that, I think I followed the. So yeah, so Lobby leads you to hardware labs. Because I, I tried desperately to get into psychotronics. I'll tell you one thing that did frustrate me early on was that there are those doors that are like regular doors, but they're kind of broken. Mm. Oh yeah. And they can be destroyed by um, recycler charges. Oh really? Hmm. Um, in some cases, but it's a bit weirdly inconsistent. Yeah. There's always... the ones
1: with like the sort of slats. That yeah, press slats are yeah. missing. They're yeah. like the mimic gate if you want to pass through these you need the mimic power yeah i
0: I found that sometimes i could get through them with recycle charges. i think but i spent a lot of time with the explosive canisters that i didn't use trying to blow those open and i think that's a like not to just focus on things that didn't quite work but that was one of the things where like what you were communicating to me with you need to be small to get through this was really effective with like the force field guard posts with the little letter slot in them because that looks indestructible whereas a a door that's already like half off its hinges with huge holes in it feels like something i should be able to blow yeah, that's up
1: the, that's the crack in a brick wall it's like put bomb here to yeah get through
2: yeah there's uh, i'm kind of interested because those are used in yeah there are some cases that where where like oh once i have the mimic power i would turn myself into like a little canister of oil or something and slide under them <laughs> i also uh, just as an aside i love when you mimic uh like an object and you're moving a small enough distance or gently enough that it doesn't actually tumble, so you just kind of like scrape across the floor <laughs> and just turn back at yourself. And I, I did that in a few cases where, once I was on the other side of those, the only way back out was to just do the same thing in reverse. And I'm intrigued to know, like, presumably it's possible to get yourself totally stuck there. If you if, you, if it was your last side point that you used to slip under there, then... Uh, yeah, presumably, yeah. Because I, I don't... um be interested to hear what you guys... Uh, what your experience was with this, but like, I had uh, loot glut uh, for most of the game, and... Especially psi hypos. I just had a, a huge stockpile of those. Even once it got harder for me towards the end and I was using loads of psi powers, I still mm. never came close to running out of those. But I've heard from other people like just saying that this is a game where you're desperately out of ammo and out of everything all the time. So
0: I was, uh um, obviously this is skipping ahead, by the end of the game I was desperately out of ammo all the time, mm. but I had a huge glut of psi hypos. Mm. And um, as soon as I finally took off the neuromod limitations that I struggled with for most of the game... Yeah. And suddenly had a big surplus of them. Um, I found that, like, it was interesting because all of the, like, the really useful, this will get you through the game powers. And I I appreciate it was keeping ahead a bit are on the Typhon branch. Mm. And uh, early in the game, particularly when it establishes the stakes for going into the Typhon branch, I wasn't sure how far I would go. Um, but then as soon as I ran out of ammo, everything else, like, (laughs) yes, setting things on fire in my mind is really handy. (laughs) And so I suddenly had all, like, you know, and then when you realize that they're on separate cooldowns, so your potential, like, damage output from pure, mind bullets, mm. is a lot higher if you have Psychoshock and the fire one and the electric one.
1: It was kind um, of a revelation when I looked at my 85 Psy-hypo uh, <laughs> things and just tried dragging them across the recycler and realised they were basically exactly what you need to manufacture newer mods.
2: Oh shit, they're exotic material?
1: Yes, they are metal and synthetics and exotic material. They're How much exotic do they give you? A lot. Mm. Like, it's about uh, half... Half an exotic per right. thing. So, yeah, yeah it's I just chewed through all my supply <laughs> and was desperately in need of them after. That's that, kind so. of awesome,
2: actually. Like you kind of um, take this precious bar and realize, wait, I could just <laughs> mince this all up mm. and then upgrade myself with it. The the neuro thing it was kind of it had this like slightly illicit thrill to it. Like manufacturing those, it really felt like printing money. It felt like counterfeiting. Mm. It was yeah, like, printing. XP. I shouldn't yeah, really yeah. have this, but I can. I can just melt all this shit down and have a lot of this. Yeah. So after,
0: let's move on to Hardware Labs because that's the section. I mean, because I guess it's after, I don't think it's probably until Arboretum that the game really opens up in a lot of different directions. I Uh, felt like,
2: I mean, because I was going back and forth between Neuromod and Lobby a lot. Like it was quite open for me from then. That's true.
0: I guess because I didn't go back to Neuromod until at the end of the game. Because I, I spent a lot of the time, because I think early on you get like a side quest that says something important in Psychotronics. I know what it is. There's a body that's supposed to be in the trauma center. Mm, yeah. And eventually you do find it in Psychotronics. And at the time I had no idea that Psychotronics was going to be a key location where it gives you the Typhon powers and the psychoscope. So I just tried to get in there. Like I was ignoring the hardware lab stuff. Because the reason you're sent to hardware labs is a little bit woolier, I think. Yeah. I remember,
1: right. let reset the looking glass thing so you can finish talking to yourself. Yeah. yeah
0: um whereas i was like psychotronics this sounds really important and because i think this is one of the only so much praise environment design what it communicates but what you can and can't do is beautiful but actually to go back to those doors that look super breakable that really threw me because there are two ways into the psychotronics or into the corridor that leads to psychotronics mm. one is an extremely locked looking door in front of a room that it communicates very effectively like it's one of those keypads that doesn't show you the hacking symbol it's full on you can't you need a key card Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. have to have a key card to come here through here but on the other side of it is a little room that has a recycler and a crafting station I think in it that is only you're only kept out of by one of those doors that you need mimic to get through or recycler charges which I think you also don't get until psychotronics so it's like, that for me, like, that actually threw me. Like, I burnt a lot of resources trying to get through that before I finally was like, I'm not supposed to do this. and went back to hardware labs to kind of mm. get back on the train. Mm. That front
1: door to Psychotronics is quite fun because it's the most obvious use of the Huntress Bowcaster thing. The term, there's... A pre-smashed window, and on the other side is a computer screen, which literally oh, yeah. says release door and a big button on it. I actually just reached through and used that. No, really? You can just touch it. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> like, it doesn't really look like you could be
2: able to, but I didn't have the bowcaster at that point, so mm. I was just like, oh, can I just touch that computer? <laughs> is that... That doesn't let you sequence break it. You can't go to <laughs> that, that doesn't get you into Psychotronics, no. it gets you right. to the door to Psychotronics. Right. So the locked door is... Yeah. Okay.
0: That. I was just thinking, like, if I had spent all my resources trying to get
3: <laughs>
2: Psychotronics, I missed that... <laughs> Yeah, I think um Actually just quick did I tell the story in the podcast? Um I think I told you, Chris, but I can't remember whether we were recording at the time about the uh <laughs> We recorded uh, all of our conversations, Tom. The uh museum in the lobby and the turret.
0: Yeah, I think was. you did tell that story on the podcast. I think <laughs> Oh no, no, I don't know. I'll tell it anyway, again. who cares? It it's <laughs> a
2: short story. Um this was very early in like, like my first time playing um and I was carrying a turret with me everywhere and putting it down before I did anything. And there's this little museum that has a kind of like the history of the, of Talos one and how it came about. And it's a kind of, it's a really nice little, um, interactive exhibit where as you walk down the the hall, uh, the different eras of, of times, key points in the timeline light up. And, uh, a voice tells you about that period of, uh, of the history. And I put my turret down kind of at one end of this and turned out to be the sort of the final stage of it. And it was like 2063 Talos one is launched. Um, because i was standing there and i put the turret down there and when i walked away it just kept saying 2063 tell us when it's launched (laughs) because the turret was still there (laughs) it was sensing that the turret was in the museum and i was desperately trying to get it to like i wanted to like hear the whole thing in sequence um and uh ended up picking up my turret and moving it and then fucking mimics attacked (laughs) and the whole thing went completely to shit and uh uh I think the turret ended up shooting, I don't know what actually damaged it, but like a fuel line in the museum got burst, and so there's a jet of flame coming out into it now, <laughs> and my anyway, turret's broken, I'm still just trying to like, get back to the exhibit.
1: I really liked that exhibit. I think it's bizarrely, it was the first time I realized um, what the aesthetic was. Hmm. Um, that blend of Art Deco and kind of 70s, 80s technology. Mm. Just because I was looking around at everything, and I think I looked at the speaker, and it's like, Everything in here looks like my dad's old audio-visual <laughs> equipment.
0: <laughs> it is, like some Bang & Olufsen yeah. hi-fi from
1: 1984, and or They've got these stark golden lines across everything. It's like, oh, they've got style! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I really liked, like, it was nice seeing the kind of setting come alive and figuring out, like... I mean, there's so many stories within stories within stories in Prey, but, like, the backstory of this is what, what would have happened if kennedy hadn't died mm. is the um is a nice nice hook like this is the consequences of an active space race i think it does lay on a little bit thick sometimes but they're kind of like the space race was going so well and everyone loved space so much there was no point <laughs> going to vietnam <laughs> then there's sort of you know but nonetheless like um that was a nice kind of you know moment of realizing the ways it was the way it justifies its art style, I guess. Like, the way it kind of explains how that came to be and that set of fashions came to be mm. feels relatively organic. Compared to something like Bioshock, which feels very showy, with a similar aesthetic. I don't know if that makes 100% sense. Like, yeah, Bioshock not... feels more like a performance piece, whereas Prey felt of one lived in and natural to me. Like,
1: it came yeah, from history. I, I really like how um, Prey is... Um... Like the best art, the best environment art in particular shows the layers of history that um, something's been built on, and that's like the founding principle of the station itself in um, Prey, where mm. you, you start with that initial containment, um, the cage, the klecker, I think it is, and then the station slowly built up around that, and then you finally get the the gaudy art deco wrapper over the top of it, and uh, mm. it's really it's really fun to see that. Uh, Maintained through all the different areas so is there much to say
0: about hardware labs apart from encountering phantoms and actually probably dealing with phantoms
2: for the first time yeah i think i i dealt with them a little bit in the lobby but um i really liked the sort of opening well just like hardware labs in general but um there's that kind of atrium area before you get into the actual like testing area um, where there's a phantom stomping around and there's a vent somewhere where you can call in and turn the power on or off. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that was really cool because, uh, was, like I said, I was going for strength. I think this must have been quite a way into my playthrough. I think I didn't go to hardware labs for a long time. Um, and I think I had leverage three. And um, so I liked uh, turning power off and then using leverage three to like force my way through doors instead. Mm. Um, And sneaking around i think it's a fire phantom in there Mm -hmm. um and obviously when the lights are out that looks great and and yeah i can't remember um the hardware labs uh, sorry the the sort of testing area itself um uh i remember reading a lot about the nerf gun there and like uh (laughs) getting basically the nerf gun (laughs) law like how they developed that and all the different iterations and uh the fabrication plans and uh all that stuff there's a crazy amount of depth in the Nerf guns Yeah. <laughs> thread. You mean the Huntress Bolt Caster? <laughs> yeah. Not the, what were the rejected names for it? Like the Pain something? Yeah.
0: The Redeemer. Um, yeah, I like the, um, the, obviously the Wave Laser Labs bit is a classic bit of introducing a laser gun in the shooter design, <laughs> uh, with the press this button to fire laser at, phantom who happens to be
2: in this room looking the wrong way yeah i think i um i first encountered that area from space like um all oh, right yeah Did i was way. uh on the outside of the ship and yeah there's just a sign that says beams and waves i'm like fuck yes <laughs> let me in there now yeah because i you, um i do you have to repair the hull breach from the outside not, before get not to there? get to be okay
0: oh yes you do to get to beams and waves yeah i found it and realized oh that's what i need to do when i go outside and yeah. then- when I went outside, I did it. This room has the
1: most exciting name. I yeah. must get <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah.
0: Um, that first outside bit is a real moment because it kind of shows you that, like, oh, this entire space station is just right here. Like, this is yeah, when... all of the places this game will take place are here.
2: Uh, I can't remember if I was sent out there or if I just went out there of my own accord. Because in Hardware Labs, there's an airlock, right?
0: You have to go outside as yeah. part of the main thread. Yeah. You have to get the key to the Looking Glass place that you're trying to get to. Right. And the doctor who ran it is dead outside, basically. So you have to go. So you do have to do that EVA bit, but it's a short EVA if you just do the critical path thing. Right. But you have the freedom to just fuck off and Mm. do laps around the station.
2: Yeah. I really like, I I guess I said this on the um, non-spoilery podcast when we talk about prey, but um, I love the. Uh, having that complete list of crew and then when you go outside being able to fly around the whole ship and just see where everything is like mm. that sense of wholeness and completeness and just the, like everything about tell Us one is here and you can go mm. to all of it and it's all consistent and all makes sense and i uh, really can't remember having that in any other game certainly not of this kind um
1: well the crew list i just wanted to say i had the most perfect introduction to that system i think there's a very early quest which dictates uh or asks you to go and find someone so I'll use the crew list and, um, found her entry and it said so-and-so, uh, in the lobby, no life signs detected. I said, fine, clicked on it. And then the cursor that shows her exact location is walking around. Oh my God. And it's like, well, shit, <laughs> there's something spooky going on. Here. And it was a phantom.
2: Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, I got really into... All my favorite moments of prey really were, were sort of deciding to do my own thing and not my own thing as in completely making something up, but um, some lead or some mention in the like side quest, a bit like you trying to get into psychotronics. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was... when uh, I went into the trauma center. Uh, I was looking for Bellamy and... Um, I actually, it was because I missed something. I think I didn't. I looked at the computer, but I didn't read all the emails. And one of the emails is what tells you, "Oh, Bellamy's not here." Don't. or there's an email saying, "Don't take Bellamy to to um trauma center take him place. to psychotronics." I think. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't read that email, but because I'd been there in the demo before, I remembered that he's not that you don't find him anywhere in the trauma center. But there was just one room in the trauma center I can't get into, the, the main guy's office. Um, and uh, you know, one of the cool things about the consistency and how sort of. Uh, uh, how close this place is to uh, a sort of functioning uh, uh, structure is that this office is not just generic office; it's got a name on it. It belongs to someone. There's a, and it's someone who's on the crew, so I can go to a crew computer and look up that guy's name and find out where he is. Mm. And I clicked on it, and then just like looked around, and, like where is that? And then just looked up, and it's like way, way above the <laughs> ceiling of the lobby. And the lobby is a fucking huge ceiling. Like mm. when you first go in there, you assume that's the height of the entire area you're in, and uh, it was like you know uh, hundreds of meters above that I'm like where the fuck is he (laughs) and it became I can't remember the guy's name now but that was just my my main quest really was to find that guy and I'm like well whatever I have to do I'm going to track this guy down and get his key card and get into his office because I think that's where Bellamy's body is and then like seven hours later I was like oh yeah there's that email that tells you he's not he's in (laughs) psychotronics
0: oh yeah because that guy is dead in the Arboretum lift area Mm. the place where you have to kill the technopath to get the lifts working yeah yeah he's in there yeah, Henrik, whatever his name is, the mm. psychiatrist.
2: Yeah. That's it.
0: Yeah, man. It's like that initial sense of place is great. I think one of the things like, so I remember when, uh, when I went outside the first time I had that, cause I was like, I didn't go anywhere. And I was like, well, I kind of, okay, you're doing the kind of game thing in that all of the airlocks are locked. So mm. that's what's stopping me from going. Yeah. Literally anywhere. But then there's a few like corpses you can find in space and hole breaches you can find. And, um, one of them at that point in the game is Michaela's office, which you will not be asked to go to to find her medicine for like another x number of hours because it's much 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 later in the game but that that is the uh it's that's the the whole breach in life support and there's a i think it's a telepath or a technopath like hovering around outside and loads of cystoids and stuff like that. And that was the place that I decided I was just going to investigate just to find out what was there, like <laughs> hooker by crook. So this is before I'd even like done the rest of the main thread for the, uh, sorry for the birds, by the way, they are necessary consequence of having the window open so that we don't die. Um, so that was the thing where I just sort of placed myself like as far away from it as possible, pointed myself in the right direction and just fucking gunned the, the engines on the suit <laughs> as fast as I could. And then the moment I hit the sort of aggro radius of the technopath, it hit slow-mo, mm. And just started firing the glue gun at it. Like, mm-hmm. just in a sort of desperate, like, this will slow you down kind of way. And it was funny, because even returning there much, much later in the game, there was still glue fucking everywhere <laughs> from that first attempt. And I did make it into the office. I didn't find the pills my first time there, or her mm-hmm. medicine, whatever it is. Um, but, nonetheless, like, it was kind of neat having that experience of, like, this is going to be important much later. Like, I don't know who Michaela... Actually, I think at that point you may be an inkling who Michaela is, because you have an email from her in your office. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like all of that stuff, sort of is such slow burn. I think that's maybe why it's so effective early on because it's, it sets so
2: many seeds that because of how consistent it is, you trust are going to become. Yeah. Things. I was so much more interested in emails and stuff because initially, just because everything was so closely related to me and the central mystery. Like, um, I'd really love to sort of do a in-depth comparison of the opening of Prey and the opening of Deus Ex: Mankind Divided because mm-hmm. that's uh, much as I love that game. The the opening that is so unengaging it just has nothing to do with i just don't know how anything relates to anything it all just feels like a bunch of arbitrary mysterious stuff um whereas prey is it's all about you and you're just trying to figure out what's going on it's an immediately compelling mystery and then very early on you learn roughly the sort of the broad strokes of what's going on but all the emails you're reading are from like the people who are examining you taking notes on you talking mm. about you to other people or some of the emails are like from you <laughs> <laughs> and some of the emails are to you and so, you know one of those um And Michaela's email implies that you're in a relationship with her. Um, And uh, yeah, that's immediately intriguing. And then, you know, a bunch of emails are from your brother and Mm. uh, all that stuff is so much, uh, even like once there are from people you don't necessarily recognize who aren't directly talking about you, just the fact that um, there's this finite cast I mean gives you kind of faith that this is going to be it's going to relate to something mm-hmm. whereas when you read an email in you know any Deus Ex game really it could just be anyone it could just be a name that's never going to come up again has nothing to do with anybody else and it's just there for flavor text yeah the space station setting really helps pray in that regard like it feels yeah. like there's a finite number of people that can it, be resolved in this game they yeah. basically could have done this with Bioshock um, mm. you know it's, it's a limited environment with a limited cast but I suppose that it may be for that because it's supposed to be a whole city they wouldn't want to like a list of a couple hundred people and say that's it yeah for sure
0: so hardware labs gives you the other part of the looking glass recording
2: oh yeah and it's is it the um the scientist's office who has the looking glass like sort of triangle yeah and the screens? yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that was really cool um you get to watch on on the looking glass screens uh looking Glass screens being like a sort of video replay thing except that they it's like looking through a window to the to that um time and because it's a recording of the room you're in which is not always true when you're looking at looking glass thing uh where you stand in the room lets you see different parts of the the recording and he just has a bunch of conversations they're they're kind of interesting um about he's kind of losing his memory and um actually i can't remember did I ever figure out what was going on there? Because it's sort of... It's, when memory loss comes up, you assume neuromods. Yeah, it's, he...
1: it's heavily implied, I think, when you find his cabin later on, that he's removing his own neuromods. Because ah. he's suffering quite a lot lot from visions. What was and, his name, do you remember? I can't remember his name. Uh, it's an Italian yeah. name. Oh, <laughs> Calvino. Calvino.
2: Calvino, yes. Uh, yeah, because I found his his office. Um, sorry, his his quarters and I found that he's got a little model village mm. there's actually I thought it was going to be so there's a little model village on his on a table and then there's a looking glass screen with a you know, massively blown up version of that um, and so I thought it was like a live recording of the thing yeah. and so I tried to put an object in it to see if the giant object would appear too. in
1: that I thought that was going to be their one reference to the previous prey which had a, like, uh, yeah. a shrinking section like that before <laughs> but it didn't work
2: so, I guess that's, so I mean, if recording. it is. Yeah, yeah. I suppose
1: it's a recording of that.
2: And then, yeah, so there's something about, like, he sounds like he lost his wife or something, and, and that his memory mm. of her is in that village, and so he's trying to recreate the whole village or something.
1: Yeah. And then there's um, one of the series of interviews that the psychologist does is with him, and mm. he's uh, um, obviously suffering from disturbing visions and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's
2: so. the one who sees, like, some kind of alien thingy. Yeah.
0: yeah. There's quite a few people who see. Some sort of disturbing alien thingy before they...
1: Including one of the staff's children back on Earth who has drawn a picture oh, really? of a terrifying black darkness thing in cute <laughs> crayons and sent it up to their mum on the station. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hope this doesn't happen, mum.
2: <laughs> Good luck.
1: So, it's worth, sorry, it's worth on. pointing out that they went to quite... I wouldn't say extraordinary, but they made sure that every single looking glass panel in the game had an area behind it Mm. however useless oh yeah so So every single one you can go through you can literally go through every single looking glass in that game yeah i got a story about
0: that but for for much later in the game Mm. but yeah
2: early on um you know after you sort of the initial ruse is revealed you can you go through all the areas that you kind of just went through um but now you know they're looking glass screens and so like the helipad I just went around smashing all of those uh, panels, mm. um, and it's like it's quite a neat little technological trick. And that you know, all of the surface that's intact remains like a, a window into this other world, mm. and all the stuff that's broken, you see the real world behind it. And it's a very interesting like visual thing when you smash half of it. You know, so your your eyes can't quite process the yeah. contradictions.
1: Well, I was worth pointing out on that pad: if you pick up some junk from your apartment and leave it on the pad, um, in the main intro section. Uh, when your helicopter lands it's obviously there but just rotated 90 degrees so they're not actually cheating you in that first section <laughs> they're actually running the whole the the whole uh wall moving simulation thing <laughs> does that like, actually wow. happen yeah, yeah you can like leave one of the I left the lantern on one side of the mean, in many
0: ways the clue that it wasn't real was the giant a game by Arcane
1: Studios Big <laughs>
2: <laughs> mistake that yeah, yeah why did they why did they test the phantom on that <laughs> does he respond to marketing
1: what did you think of the enemy design now that we've talked about mimics and phantoms and telepaths?
2: Um, I found mimics... Uh, I like the sort of theory of mimics. And then in practice... Uh, like, fighting them early on was sort of um, awkward, but it it kind of fit that it was awkward. It was, you know, you're obviously not in, a, in your element. It's meant to be throwing you off. Um, mm. And then... Uh, I, for a while, I liked them when, like after i figured out that the glue gun will freeze them in their mimicked form like if they're pretending to be something and you glue them while they're in that state because earlier when i i making a complaint about where it was like even when i know something's a mimic there's still nothing i can do i've just got this wrench i've mm. still got to walk up to it way before i get to it it turns into a mimic and attacks me so it really doesn't matter whether it's disguised or not um, and then when i discovered you could sort of lock them in place with a glue gun i started doing that and i enjoyed that um, but then like after they stopped being the the main threat i found them mostly just irritating and especially i spent hours like i say backtracking and going you know between areas to investigate my own leads i was really really enjoying it until i sort of hit a certain point in the main thread where they expect you to go back and as soon as they expect you to do that they respawn loads of enemies and uh when they respawn a load of mimics i just found it really arduous like oh fucking hell i just got jumped in the face because i didn't know was gonna be a mimic there and now i have just gotta like uh you know the the way around that is to take everything really really carefully like i didn't have the psychoscope at this point so there's no way to um uh to know they're there for sure sometimes like what it, the times i really like is when you like i think it's the staff canteen or something area in the, in the lobby where you open the door and there's like four or five of them they all scuttle away and turn into things mm. and so you just have this moment of like okay i think the stool is one and the <laughs> thingy is one and so that kind of um mm. puzzle is, is really fun but often you just walk into a room and something you know there's something already there that's um i mean sometimes there's a tell and sometimes there just isn't it's just like
0: i found the um i liked i really liked them at first like i like the logic of figuring out which item in this room doesn't belong and that kind of thing Mm. um and then later in the game it just became clean up. like it doesn't really matter if they jump out at me because if they jump out at me i'm just going to eat a lot of beans (laughs) (laughs) until i feel better um and like it's a question of glue 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 smack 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 or if i'm feeling lazy because i've got a million Psy hypos glue 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 mm. psy shock
2: move on yeah i end yeah. up using Psy shock um psycho shock uh on them a lot in the letter game because i had so much spare psi and it wasn't wasn't the most cost efficient way to get rid of them but it's one of the few things that kind of auto targets like you don't have to hit them exactly mm. you just kind of aim roughly at them and it'll, it'll kill them
0: and also aiming it works like super hot time only moves when you oh, move oh yeah so it's like oh yep yeah. Line it up, done. Like so, yeah. I think with regards to, I think um by the early in the game when you first encounter phantoms, I think all of the enemy types are really effective when you first encounter them. Yeah. However, I think they all lose their mystique towards the end, particularly because actually there aren't very many enemy types really in prey. There are the three different types of
2: phantom. There are poltergeists, which are also known as annoying phantoms. <laughs> I really like fighting guys because I that. Although they were difficult to get, but it wasn't, they weren't sort of chipping away at my health generally. They were doing something, their, their attack was so kind of like wishy washy that it didn't really matter if they got me, but it felt obviously it's, I was it's, killed by a chair
0: twice. I really?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I just got lucky in terms of what they would. They do loads of damage if they hit you or something, right. but it, it feels like the damage they do is actually.
0: Maybe slightly variable. Like if if it doesn't quite physics you enough, it doesn't do a lot. But if it yeah, really actually, physics you, they physics the shit out of you.
2: Physics impacts are really inconsistent. Um as someone who went into strength heavily, I was you know, I in theory I had a really cost efficient way of dealing with everything, which is I can pick up something heavy and um throw it at them. And like something that requires leverage two to lift, I think, kills a regular phantom in one hit, and something that requires leverage three to lift, kills uh, you know, special phantoms, I think, in one hit, or like or it's like that and then a single shot with a pistol will finish them off. Um But certain, I, with Phantoms it was if it if I was able to throw it at them, it would always work. But uh the logic for when you can pick something up is really you can always pick it up, but it doesn't if it's in any way caught on anything or it thinks it's caught on something, when you try and move away from it or throw it, it doesn't go anywhere. It just stays where it is and you kind mm. of you lose the the pickup um and that is crazy inconsistent like just in in places where there's so much free room there's just nothing in the way at all suddenly i just can't move this thing and i can't throw mm. it so you just can't rely on it as a combat tactic and also for some reason mimics have uh, uh an ability to bat physics objects away at incredible force <laughs> like, i can throw a leverage three thing at a mimic and there's a sort of 20 percent chance that one of its limbs will kind of hit it and if that happens it just flies across the room at absurd speeds um and actually like the first time that happened it was in hardware labs and um uh, I threw, like, a leverage three crate at a Mimic, battered it across the lab, bounced off the back wall, and then landed on Mimic and killed it. <laughs> oh, well done.
1: So I was going to say, I thought they the enemies remained strange and kind of unknowable for a lot longer than I expected. But it mm-hmm. doesn't sound like that was how it felt to you, either.
0: I think maybe I ruined, like, uh, I, I removed, uh, sorry, ruined, telepaths myself by encountering that first one by fucking jetting at rocket Mm. speed past it in slow motion while trying to glue it (laughs) which is probably how i would respond to like a lovecraftian horror from beyond time but like i think um because as soon as like i think maybe we're skipping ahead of it but it might be worth it because we've been obviously talking about the game for almost an hour but like um i think there was a point with prey where i was like okay It's a immersive sim. I can beat this with trickery and combat and things. I think when you first encounter them, you don't know how much damage you can even realistically hope to do to them. Mm. They're very scary. As soon as you realize that they are killable within maybe some expensive bounds, but like you can do it, the threat goes down a lot. And I remember the best example of that for me was like, I've been playing Prey in a very, this is a weird way to put it, but I've been playing it in a very kind of like terrestrial way. I'd been, like like I was saying with role-playing with the engineering and stuff, and even when I started to pick up powers, like Typhon powers, it was Mimic. And it was explicitly um stuff that I thought was sort of, I was going to be very subtle in my playthrough of the game. And then the point at which I would say that my playthrough really kicked into gear, and and the thing that we haven't said is, how wildly different our completion times were which is really interesting Mm. because like you and i had played about when we did this for dishonored we played about the same amount of dishonored yeah um so and i don't necessarily think i saw a lot less of prey than you guys i think i just saw it in a different way i don't didn't backtrack as much by by all accounts yeah But i got like i got like for example i got the achievement for seeing every email in the game Mm. And I got the most. I got that,
2: but like really early, and it was clearly wrong. Like, right. I, I okay, maybe I got it bugged. and thought like, um, that's strange because I'm sure there's some side quests I haven't done. And then I went and did those side quests and read a whole load of new emails. And so, yeah, okay, no one was well, was busted. Yeah. But like, for example, so after I finished it, I went back and looked at a website that just lists like the
0: things that factor into the ending, just oh, yeah. out of curiosity. And I had engaged with all of those things. Mm. So in terms of crucial side quests, I'd done all of them, and my total completion time in game was 14 hours and in steam time was 20 and i know that yours were different right
2: yeah so i, I don't have any hard data on how long it took me because i left it all tabbed a lot like that's the thing i do a lot where mm. i'm playing a game and i rather than relaunch it and go through all the intro logos and stuff i'll just tab out and do something else and uh steam always counts that as playtime, and it seems like prey does as well although like my ing- my i think prey said it was like 45 hours on my save and steam said like 55 hours right um so i don't know what the discrepancy there is but clearly it didn't take me 45 hours to complete it it felt like 30 or 35 Mm. um but actually i don't have any hard data it could have been way less Mm. uh certainly i'm pretty sure it wasn't 15 for me um and i kind of played it like i played a whole weekend the first assignment came out i think i even played for three days (laughs) maybe it was just two uh and i feel like i played for at least two weekends where i just played kind of all day both mm. days and then a bunch of evenings as well after that it's definitely um, a lot
1: longer than i was expecting
2: mm. yeah for me it was uh, a thing i was really um surprised by was um uh i guess uh deep storage where you meet all the npcs and stuff and they're suddenly like just uh now there's a friendly faction <laughs> and they're oh, the cargo like as it yeah. um and you can uh talk to that chief of security you've been reading about for ages and uh there's i feel like a lot of work went into that that is probably not appreciated that much because i you know i met all those people and i helped them defend against the uh the aliens and stuff um and then i basically didn't need to go back there for any other reason but i happened to be going through there at some point and um everyone i passed had a unique bit of dialogue about the last quest i did like mm. things that had changed on the station since i last saw them they all had things to say about it and it's not that isn't like a city hub that you go back to and like, you know, that's where your shops are or, um, mm. that's where you recruit people or anything. It's just this one scene. And, but because it's full of people, they actually bothered to do a bunch of yeah. dialogue and stuff.
0: I think, um, the reason I brought up the, the completion time was because it was when I got to the Arboretum, just talking about enemy types using the Mystique. The thing was that when I got to the Alboretum, I think for some reason I just hit dishonored mode. It's weird. <laughs> but that's the only way I can describe it. I just decided that, uh, you get like a little glimpse of the nightmare for the first time in the Arboretum And then I was like, I was sneaking around and I got to the edge of, it's like, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a kind of garden area. It's like a big walled compound with gardens inside, a telepath and loads of Mm. mind-controlled humans. Um, But there's no roof.
1: It's basically a greenhouse.
0: Yeah. And so I figured I could climb a tree, shoot glue at the wall and get onto the roof of that thing and look Mm. down into it. And I could see that there were mind-controlled humans and a telepath. And I had the null wave grenade that... Disable telepaths and stuff and the Q-beam laser with those two things I was able to kill the telepath relatively easily and that was the first telepath type enemy that I'd seen in a context where I could kill it Mm. and that doing that saved all the humans like straight away so I kind of like beaten the quest I didn't know I had kind of thing and because I'd done it by like I'd done that with a mixture of glue and climbing and you know the stuff I had in my equipment I was like actually no I have the gear to handle this and by that point, because I'd, I'd just gone deep on the mimic power, I had mimic three, which is what, I mean, mimic three is going to, is, is the thing that defined prey for me. Cause as soon as I had mimic three, I can impersonate engineers. And in that little, uh, greenhouse, I think there's a, there's one of the engineer dispensers. Oh, sorry, operator dispensers. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know what type it is exactly. I think it's an engineer type. As soon as I could turn to that, I can fly. And so the whole thing with like Alex's private uh grav shaft thing that you get code to later to get up to his office totally moot i was already up in his office mm. and then i got to his office and i had hacking f- three or four by that point as well so i was already in his stuff doing that that stuff and got into his back room and found all of that and getting into the back his back room is part of the quest for the early exit of the station mm. kind of ending and i had ignored half of that But getting to that point skipped me ahead loads in the quest, like, straight away, and I'd hardly even touched the Arboretum yet. And then it was, like, it was quite trivial to finish the rest of what I needed to get out of the station. So I sort of devoted some time to that, because I just wanted to see what happened. And I think the the ending, if you go for that early exit, which I committed to at that point, because then I felt very confident in my powers to get across rooms quickly and fly around places Mm. and just do whatever the fuck I wanted. Like, that whole thing I was talking about at the beginning of the game about, oh, this is beginning of the pod, like this is a game about... Surviving had completely gone, I guess, by the Arboretum, where it's like, no, this is a game but I'm fucking unstoppable. Like, there's, like, I'm under no threat at all. I can just fly, turn into whatever, ignore enemies, do, do stuff. Um. Which is a
1: fun curve. It isn't is, it so. is
0: fun. Yeah, it was a fun curve, but it, it, you know, I went through, I, I went through an arc with it as well. Like, mm. this was the point where I was the most kind of unsettled by it, because I felt like I'd almost broken the game a little bit. Mm. Because then I went for that early exit thing. Because I was like, I can't. I've lowered the ramp. I've gotten to the escape pod and I've done it. And I think, I think they dropped the ball a bit
2: with that. You guys, have you seen the. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did that as well. Early I did the same thing where I'm like, um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see what happens. And I had all the things I needed to do it. I, I also didn't do the grav shaft thing. I think I just used. I think I had super jumping by that point and like super sprinting or something. And I might have just leapt onto like the rocky. Thing up to Alex's place and then use some glue to like get up the final bit.
0: Right. Because, like, um, not to skip out too much, but like that, um, that ending, it, what happens is you go to leave the station early, which does actually work if you do it during the end game. Like, there's a different right. ending if you do it at that point. Um, but if you do it early in the game, you get like a brief cutscene of, of Alex cancelling the bigger simulation because... Yeah, he
2: says, so because I saw this, you know, at a time where I didn't know what the real ending was, and um, uh, you sort of... It's like you kind of wake up and Alex is looking over you and he says, no, this isn't the one or something. Mm. Yeah. It's not the one, I think, is the...
0: And I think that because you can encounter that quite early, I thought that gave the game away too much about what you were. So, because from that point onwards, I was like, I'm a Typhon with... With uh, okay Morgan memories. do you like I, see
2: your typhon hands? Or no, anything? but
0: it was there's so much stuff about how typhons work in the game and how they kind of absorb consciousness and replicate hmm. it, or like i I actually thought I thought you were a typhon like that, I thought that was like hmm. who you were in the I wasn't and the thing that confused me was because there's so many references to like January says you're not an alien hmm. and things like that. <laughs> and The only thing that confused me was the fact that turrets don't recognize you as an alien until you put typhon DNA yeah. in you, and so I was like, oh. That doesn't make any sense. So, like, I didn't, I didn't question that the, the world wasn't real. I assumed I wasn't really Morgan for most of the game. So I was half right, but that, that half ending, which I think it's because it doesn't really end the game. I think if they'd had the balls to end the game there and show you the credits, mm. I would have been in with that because Paul, Paul had ideas like that.
1: Sorry. That was the point where I wanted to go and look in a mirror. It's like I need to know what I look like <laughs> if I have human skin over everything or not. Um
2: Yeah, I I took it as a simulation thing. Uh, well it was very for me it, it worked because it was um I didn't know what was going on, didn't I didn't make sense of it, but it just had this hint of like um uh to me it sounded almost like a kind of um thing like they're running a bunch of simulations and this is the simulation that didn't work out, like it wasn't necessarily um, now i know that the it he's referring to is me as a phantom like this is not the the typhon that we're mm. uh, that's going to work out uh but at the time i thought it was like this run of the simulation is not the right one or something um uh but it wasn't conclusive and so i kind of liked that because from then on it was kind of hanging over me like eh, there's something else going on here it's not going to be just we rescue Talos one or we destroy Talos one it's, it's like yeah um and I guess we'll save the discussion of the actual ending for, for the end. Later. But, yeah. <laughs>
0: but I mean, yeah, so it wasn't that it put me off necessarily, but I thought, like, I was expecting a sort of Portal 2 style commitment to, like, you got the early ending, you get the early ending kind of thing, whereas the fact that it just kills you and makes you go back. Yeah. And then leaves that quest in your quest log, which it does for a reason, because it's one of the few quests that's still active after a certain point in the end game where things get real, but...
2: So I actually, you mentioned nightmares. Uh, I got those, I think a bit earlier, uh, cause I was installing a lot of alien mods, uh, from as, as early as I could. Um, and that mechanic sucks. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, just, I good. don't know how that got past the, the concept stage. Cause it's just, you, when you install, I don't know how many, like a couple of points of alien mods, uh, a nightmare shows up and hunts you and it's, uh, it just on a timer like it's going to keep hunting you until that timer runs out and you can kill it or you can uh it says like evade the nightmare uh, and i tried attacking it just to see you know how viable it was and with what i had at the time it, it was i think it was pretty early uh i guess it was like shortly after psychotronics um uh I could, you know, only put a tiny dent in its health and it was like, well, maybe I can kill this thing, but it's going to take so much of my resources. If I can evade it instead, I will. And then evading it just, it was never difficult, but it was just boring. It was just like, I can just stand behind this hedge and it can't get to me. And I guess the most effective thing for me to do is to just wait and for it to go away. Um, and so I would literally, I just, because the first time I attacked them, it, it seemed like it's going to be pretty expensive, uh, for the next, like, four or five times when this happened just oh nightmare showed up i would just walk away from my computer go and make sure tea, just do something else there's <laughs> zero danger uh it was literally just a boredom test and then later on i you know once i was more powerful i tried attacking them and like, oh this is actually easy now and i get a bunch of yeah, so material so it's also not
0: that i really didn't think it worked either like i the first time i encountered nightmare i killed it like almost straight away because i'd i encountered it in the arboretum on the way back through the arboretum actually after a bunch more of the quest stuff The first time I'd been through there, I had built like a massive turret trap, like six turrets that I'd found. And then when I went back, they were all busted, but I had like more spare parts than God and a really high repair skill. So it only cost me two to repair each one. So I just repaired them all. And then I realized that the nightmare was stood staring at the wall. I hadn't seen it because it's quite dark and kind of weird looking and against the kind of tree background, I hadn't seen it, but it was just stood there looking at the wall. (laughs) So I was like, what's that? And I shot it with my pistol and it kind of turns around and then you know the music sting kicks in it's the nightmare is hunting you it's like oh shit so i ran into the little corridor and it just got stuck outside like <laughs> it was it was hitting one of my turrets but the other five were shooting at it and mm-hmm. so they just rinsed it and then it died <laughs> and i was like oh and then it was like you've killed the nightmare And i think i talked to you at the time tom saying like does do you encounter it again because i thought i'd just taken away a mechanic <laughs> like um but actually that was consistent like it's weird AI, it's not quite finding you correctly. The fact that it can't chase you effectively, mm. and I think the 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 mistake they made with the nightmare is it's too big. Yeah. it doesn't need to be as big as it is. If if the nightmare was the xenomorph from Alien: Isolation, it would be fucking terrifying. I think that's, like if it could actually follow you meaningfully, like
1: yeah. I think that's what that system is—is a kind of brave attempt to mimic um, the terror. <laughs> completely unintentional, but I had I had bits where it broke entirely and you're just hiding behind a hedge. But I also encountered it in the lobby where I think they paid some attention to how it would move around because there's mm. a lot of small doors in that area. And they've given it animations to squeeze yeah. or break through small doors. And when it does that, it's genuinely terrifying. Yeah, it's a
2: really cool animation. Yeah,
1: I so the
0: did you guys do the satellite thing? Yeah.
2: Yeah, the I did. I, summon and the game's it. nearly over by the time I did that. um, And they weren't a problem for me at that point. And so main thing i got got like it gives you like an audio recording one of which will summon it one of which will dismiss it but the main thing annoyed me was like i didn't want to do either at the time because you can only do it a certain number of times and i thought i might use up mm. the charges but it keeps nagging about you got new audio logs so you gotta yeah. listen to them. Like no dude like if you're listening to the quest you'll
0: know i should I listen. never pressed l after that point because <laughs> about at the midpoint of the game my audio log play the most recent audio log button broke and so whenever I pressed L, it would pray the one that just had the guy going, I don't know where my parcel is! <laughs> over and over again. It didn't matter what, like, this was for the last five hours of the game. It was, I think it Marsh be, had this problem as yeah, well. Yeah, it would always be that one. But after I got those audio logs, I was terrified that it would switch to one of them. Yeah. Which is pretty mm-hmm. bad. But yeah, like, I, um, I did that, and, which is also a really cool idea, because it should be, yeah, because actually, and also an idea kind of borrowed from Alien in Isolation as well, where, one of because that is a game that really masterfully manages your power level relative to a terrifying alien that is hunting you, and one of the ways it does that is one of the ways you get power over it is your ability to just shoo it away with a flamethrower and basically summon it by throwing things to to attract it to enemies you need to get rid of, hmm. and it's about you know in that game it's about developing a relationship with this creature basically where it's going to kill you if it finds you and that's never going to change but you can use it and that's a really interesting theme. Um, I just don't think it worked at all in prey. Um, this is actually I think the thing is the weakest about the game as a whole. Like, uh, I uh, I had one, I had a couple of. This is to skip a bit like, deeper in the game, but given that we're talking about it, so when I had that power, uh, it obviously the nightmare would trigger pretty frequently. Most of the time, it's just I'm going to hide in this cupboard, and it doesn't have a pathing solution for getting to me <laughs> in this part of the level. So I'm just going to stay here for three minutes and then wait. Uh, The biggest issue was always going back to the lobby. And towards the end of the game, I went back to the lobby quite a lot because I had saved both Dio Igwe and Michaela. So they were both hanging out in my office Mm. and they would give me things whenever I went back. And I was pretty low on resources and things. And if the nightmare spawns while you're in your office, it knows how to get to your office and it will come (laughs) directly to your office. And if they are in there, it will kill them both. Holy shit. (laughs) Um, Didn't know that. Yeah. And so the first time I did that was um, there's a... There's a quest later in the game, uh, and I appreciate this skipping ahead, but we don't have to cover it, where you can find the recording of what happened to Michaela's father. I don't know if mm, you did that. Yeah. And you have the choice whether you play I, it back to her or not.
2: Yeah, got it and I deleted it. <laughs> I played it back
0: to her, uh, cause I was on, I'm a good person. I don't care if I'm secretly a Typhon. I'm, I'm nice kind of playthrough. Um, and I played it back to her and then midway through, and it's a long scene cause you have to listen to the entire audio log. You have to just pl- put it on your PC and play it. And it plays like it would anywhere in any other context, only she's listening to it right. and you can see her react and you know, she emotes a bit and that kind of thing. Then about four seconds into the audio starting to play, suddenly the sting goes up and the, the nightmare is hunting you starts. And I can see from where its health bar appears superimposed on my vision that it's down at like the bottom of the lobby and she's listening to this tape. And I really didn't want to burn one of my get rid of the nightmare satellite charges. So I was like, I'm going to see if we can get to the end of this tape before this thing comes up the stairs. Because I have to stand here. Because if I'm not standing here, I don't know if this quest Events is going to work. Happened. Yeah. They were... And I can just see it, like, going, like, down the bottom. And I-, I know the lobby well enough by this point that, like, oh, it's just hit the bottom. of the st-. Okay, it's going up the stairs. It's going all the way upstairs. It's going the stairs really quickly. It's booking it directly here. And then it's coming, like, around the corner. And then I was like, oh, shit. So I went to the menu, played the tape, like, to get rid of it as, like, Michaela's, like, sobbing, finding out <laughs> the awful thing you did to her father. And I play the tape, and it just, poof, vanishes. Like, it just stops in mid-air, like, as it comes through the door. And it's like, oh, thank God for that. And then, um, I didn't didn't want to, like, burn through those charges. So that way, I did save that quest, because Michaela was to listen to it. And then Michaela turns to you, like, I can't believe you, you know, like, yeah, she really, she hates you initially, and then she comes back around to you later, um, and she's <laughs> like, you have no idea what I just did. <laughs> I just used the magic phone call to prevent like a 20 a foot alien monstrosity from murdering everybody. And then the thing I discovered later on is that it can find you if you're in your office really easily. So if it spawns when you're in your office, it will come directly for you. And I checked, like I let it come in a quick save and I let it come in. And the first thing it did was basically just gun down both of them immediately. <laughs> and they run for cover, but they die like instantly. <laughs> like just like, and that's that. That's how that whole thread basically gone. Um, but if you hide in your looking glass it can't find you. Mm. Huh. It gets really confused. So every time every time that would happen while I was in my office I would um run out of my office down round the corner into the back door of my looking glass and hide in my looking glass for three minutes and then when it was gone I'd smash my way back through the looking glass like back into the room and then use the thing on the computer to fix the looking glass which is a bit like, like oh where's Morgan gone I oh, should be back in a minute and then was sort of the window is
2: like I'm back everybody like just <laughs> have it like play a video of you just before you do that so you kind of come out of your own image
0: <laughs> yeah um, and then uh, the only other nightmare to finish on on nightmare AI things that are busted as fuck um, so I had a really cool idea. So late in the game, you get access to the shuttle Bay, um, which is basically the area it holds off for the longest. Cause when the trans star security man comes to be bad and be a new villain, the game mm-hmm. needs in it's third act, uh, he arrives in the shuttle Bay. And when we get to that, I want to talk about how I basically bypassed that entire area and was trivial. And that's one of the reasons I think my playthrough sped up so dramatically. But one thing I tried doing was summoning the nightmare, there because there are so many at that point like hostile operators and hostile turrets that like summon the nightmare is a huge distraction Mm. and i did this from a vantage point where i could see that entrance area but i was miles from it like see the entrance area where there are you know loads of defenses and things like that because i thought maybe i'll use that to distract them while i get out and i played the thing and the nightmare spawned in the middle of that area just like you just because it's so big it just plops into place in basically the only area in that map that's big enough for it which is like the entrance area of the level in front of all this turret stuff so all the turrets and the operator start shooting at it and it doesn't really move because it's actually too big to fit in the place that it's in so it starts shooting at them and it knocks over one turret but it takes so much damage from like the laser weapons and the other turrets Mm. that it dies um like really quickly without having moved and just sort of vanishes on the spot and so I tried it I, you know I was just experimenting with it at this point and summoned it and then dismissed it immediately and it just like pops in and out of existence on the spot. And it feels like stuff like that, they needed to mask those moments better. Mm-hmm. They need to it can't just be that summoning it bring makes it literally just pop into existence and you know, and dismissing it makes it just vanish on the spot wherever it is. Yeah. It so- has to be that it goes and
2: finds a vent and climbs into the vent and leaves. Like It feels almost like a feature that was uh turned out to be too much work and they just didn't want to scrap all the work they'd done like it was yeah so difficult to get it to that stage and it was never going to be able to navigate all of the spaces in the game seamlessly
3: mm.
0: i um, just think broadly
2: it like it's such a nice idea but and it's such a nice consequence
0: for installing all that typhoon stuff is you get all this power but suddenly like the scariest enemy in the game is hunting you mm-hmm. but it's not really the, he- the scariest enemy of the game is in the level but it's not trying
2: very hard <laughs> there's uh when you get um Michaela and uh, Igwe back to your office, they have, again, it's this weird thing where, like, that was weird. Like, I've got... I felt like a Mass Effect crew I was putting together. And this is, like, in the last... Well, uh, I feel like I was uh, at least 15 hours into the game at that point. Like, I thought the game was about to wrap up. And it's like, this is a whole format change. This is, like, a different type of game now. Hmm. uh, Recruiting people and stuff. And uh, then those two uh they're talking about like the volunteer experiments i think and uh they get into an argument but it's kind of like it sounds like background chatter like that this is what's happening and then so they're chiming in on it um and you're just walking around you can do whatever you like um it's not like a sort of scripted scene or anything um but their like background chatter gets heated to the point of absurdity where like McKenna just threatens to kill him <laughs> you say anything else i'm gonna murder you it's like holy shit this is <laughs> like not just flavor dialogue <laughs> mm. And then he does say something else, and it, it, she doesn't kill him because it's actually a independent conversation. But. <laughs> <laughs> also, a great, um, when I was in the uh, the cargo bay where the, all the NPCs are holding out, um, he radioed me to say, um, uh, "Oh, I've got a, like another solution for the." Um, Who's the commander of the shuttle guy? Walter Dahl. Walter Dahl. i uh, uh, got a decision with the Dahl problem. I'm, uh, I'm in your office. Come and meet me. And as I got that radio message, I'm looking at him in the, sh- <laughs> <and> the cargo <laughs> boat like he's just standing in a room there.
1: Don't like, no, you yeah, fucking not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did really appreciate how there are humans in this game that aren't purely there to be killed in a variety of mm. terrifying ways Yeah. Or sucked into vents. Or... And it's
2: pretty cool that they all can be killed. Like, they're all just Yeah. I think and... um.
0: I think it doesn't answer all the problems that that creates for the game. Mm. Like other people's travel time between locations is totally <laughs> busted in prey. I mean, you can ignore that, but I do. I think it's great that it has that element because it does, as you say, feel like a format change when it mm. when it commits to
2: that. Did you uh, in that area where in the cargo bay, where the people are holding up? Did you take any of the food?
0: Yeah and Tells you off,
2: yeah. Because the first time I walked through, I actually I thought about it and I thought, oh no, I guess that like, clearly a stockpile. I won't take it because they need it more than I do. And then uh, later on, I just kind of absentmindedly picked up an, like an apple or something, and they're like, hey, that food's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the funniest thing
0: that happened to me in cargo bay is when when you open the because there's some of the really nice reactive things when you get in there, someone's like trying to beckon you to. Get up on the gantry and join them because it's dangerous. Like you're fighting phantoms, but if you just kill all the phantoms, mm. they let you in the front door. And like, holy shit! Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you? Because at that point, I'm a you know a teleporting magic woman that can turn into a turret and then shoot people. Um, and um, the so that was a, a nice touch. And then so I decided I was going to be a sort of a giant badass when I did the you open the doors and you set the turrets up for them. Mm. And you have to fight all of the stuff that's coming through the door. This is one of the few times in the game I save scummed because the first time I did it, the Typhon knocked one of the turrets over and that turret independently killed every single human being in <laughs> the cargo bay. And it wasn't like it was just malfunctioning and shooting into the air and it happened to kill them all. Cause I, I, I remember cause I, I sort of dived into the warehouse through the door to like take them on, you know, I'm a, I can teleport and leave decoys and create explosions and throw grenades and all this stuff in, in bullet time. I'll fight them head on so that they don't even get through the door when I turned around this one turret ther- was killing everybody <laughs> and I didn't even like I was like okay maybe it fell over and shot someone and then like I think it's Sarah uh, the security chief like came down the grav shaft and came out and then it just killed her like it stopped firing <laughs> and it started shooting at her And she was, like, halfway through, like, Morgan, I can't thank you. I was, like, oh. And I was, like, I had this moment of, like, is this canon? (laughs) Like, did this happen? And I decided it wasn't. And then I can't, I don't understand what happened there. Like, because the turret hadn't been controlled or anything. It just Mm. went rogue. Like, decided to murder everybody. And it's it's nice that the game lets that happen. But at the same time, it was one of those sort of, like, yep, pray moments. (laughs) The, um... Can I ask, did you get to the end of the chef that's not the chef storyline? Yeah, that. (laughs) Was that the most hilariously fucking broken thing in the game? Uh,
2: Okay, so that quest, yeah, that quest was terrible from the start for me. Like, as soon as he starts talking, it's this, um, uh, sort of, uh, it feels like it wants to be Sander Cohen in Fort Frolic, and it's just Mm -hmm. like a, uh, a chef yelling at you, and he's he's got his own, like, he's got his own shtick uh but the shtick didn't really work for me and then when he talked to him like my heart just sunk because it was like go and get this trophy from my quarters and then i'll let you into this kitchen and i'm like i don't why do you want to be in the kitchen this is like not at all interested in this and then um the quest just fucking broke it <laughs> just um i was pissed off about that And i went and got and it's clear you get to his room and it's clear he's not this guy and so like you could still get the the award uh i think this there's, there's some information I missed in that room because my quest log was like, oh, I know it's it's this other guy now. And I, I, the name of the whoever it turned out to be was not apparent to me. I didn't see... Um, it's a volunteer. It's one of the volunteers. Yeah. Uh, whoever, whatever his name is, I didn't glean that from the apartment, but I gleaned that the guy who lives in the apartment is not that guy. Um, and so I still just picked up the award and went back to him. I think I, I was also pissed off because I'd already cleaned out that whole area and you're kind of not allowed in there until he gives you the key card. Mm. So I had to go back to it. Um, and then... When I got back to him, um, I like it. First of all, I just, I mean, it's a, it's an uninspiring quest at best to begin with to go and fetch some trinket for somebody. And then also, like, doesn't make any sense to me that he would send you to the place that reveals he's not who he says he is. Mm -hmm. Like, he just sends you to the one place that completely blows his cover. Uh, and then when he got back there, um, I, when he opens the slats to like, um, to let you in, I already obviously didn't trust this guy and you're given not really any way to express that um so what i did was i shot the door opening thing um the button that would open the door to his place um while he was asking me for the trophy. So i didn't give him, i think i might even give him the trophy and he was offering me the key card or something but the sl- slat was open the quest was not complete um and i just shot the the door open and went around the side and went in there and as soon as you go in there he treats it as a combat situation and um uh and goes like no i'm no threat to you and and starts to run away and then as he ran past me i got a use prompt to use him to turn in the crest so i used him and then he went into like sort of not quite t pose but sort of like model default pose and then just sunk into the floor and then just started (laughs) drifting through the rest of the like canteen with just his torso coming out and then like slowly um i like, I followed him and just, like, watching him fascinatedly as his torso, like, clips through the, the floor. And then, like, he stops and then he just kind of sinks slowly, slowly <laughs> to the ground until it's just, like, shape. Like, wow, that did not work. And then, so I also reloaded a bunch, because I, I was doing something kind of tricky there, so I wasn't totally, like, uh, uh, pissed off with the game for, for not supporting that. But, um... I gave him the thing and then it just becomes this thing where like the only reason to do what he says is just to find out what the content is like it's so yeah. clear mm. you already know for I'll sure I'll give you this. just give
0: me the content yeah
2: and so I yeah then when I did it in it um and oh you've been knocked out it was like the weakest gotcha because um, hmm. you know it was coming so how did it end for you so
0: this is this is the moment where... This is the first thing they the end life out loud. And the first thing that I think made me go like... Because I've been so impressed. And I, I am so impressed. And it's so easy to... I think we've had someone comment on the pod that like, when we talk about Prey... It's so easy to dwell on the things it really fucks up. <laughs> so when it fucks up, it seems to fuck up big. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like... I think Designed makes... Uh, if Designed has issues, they're much smaller. Yeah. Whereas when Prey fucks up with something like a nightmare, it's like... It dominates the yeah. experience to an extent. Um. So you get, if you do his quest and then you do the Danielle show quest and you find her outside the station and yep. she comes to talk to you, she gives you the quest of finding him and killing him mm. and stop him from hurting anybody else. And I found him by accident. Um, you find him in one of the escape pods in the bridge, in the Talos 1 bridge. So area. you find who? Uh, the, the chef. Oh, the real chef? Yeah. No, the, the 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 fake chef. After he kidnaps you and runs away. After uh, he freezes you, he
1: disappears. Yeah. Ah, uh, so I he's figured in, out
0: he's in one of the escape pods, like getting ready to go. Right, but he knows. Yeah, that I that... guess
2: I never continued from there because I, yeah. I had one save where I tried out tried it out to see what happened, and then I went back to my other save where I just killed
0: him. Right, so if you if you do that and you follow me, you get a quest to track him down. Right, and that, like I found him by accident. He's in one of the escape pods in the in the in the bridge, and he is obviously determined by this point. Although his objective is not exactly clear, he's determined by this point that um he uh can't get off the station because the escape pods don't work. And that's a, a plot point. Mm. Um, so when you encounter him, I can't remember, Don, have you seen this? Mm. Do you know what he says? Cause it's, it's one line he has. I can't remember exactly. I think said it's, said. I'm totally paraphrasing. It's, it's not a dazzling bit of dialogue. It's something like, you know, we will be together forever. You and I, like it's, it's <laughs> a sort of, you know, and this is how it ends. You mm. and I kind of message. I can't remember exactly what the wording is. And he has a proximity triggered uh, recycler charge on the wall next to him. That triggers when you enter the pod, and it's obviously designed to kill you both. The first time this happened, it doesn't make any sense that he's been sat there for presumably hours waiting for you to show <laughs> up. But still, with a proximity-triggered recycle charge, it would presumably kill him if he moves next to him. Yeah. Um, but I had the uh, suit mod installed that makes me completely invulnerable to recycle charges. <laughs> so he like the first time, so it's the end of the quest, and so I walked in into the pod and he goes like ah and i was like oh and so i, I immediately like drew my stun gun cuz i was like i'm going to subdue you right and he goes oh we'll you know we'll be together forever you and i and then just sort of like vanishes into a point and turns into <laughs> organic matter which i then collected uh, and i was fine and i was like oh he's trying to kill me And then I get the quest pop up like quest complete. You killed him. I was like,
1: oh, (laughs) I didn't. I had a Uh, weirder resolution. uh, By that point, I was so used to finding his traps all around the place that I would like automatically disarm them. So I just walked in there, immediately disarmed it, and he just kind of convulses and falls over.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. This so this is this is how it went for me. So then I went in, slowed time, and picked up the recycle charge. Like took it off the wall and removed it. At which point he goes. We're not that different. We're not that different, you and I. And then looks at you. He finishes his line and stares at you for, like, slightly too long. And then just goes, eh. And <laughs> dies on the spot of old age. Like, he just, he just dies dead. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, I can see your trick game. I see what you're trying to get me to do. So the third time I loaded the save, I burst in, slowed down time, took the, like, the charge off the wall, pulled out the electric stun gun and rendered him unconscious and started to pull him out of the pod. <laughs> and obviously then at that point, you got your mouse over him and it says like, guy's name unconscious. And then I went pulling, he didn't even get to finish his line. And I'm pulling him up the thing, and as he's unconscious, he just suddenly goes eh. and then it goes from unconscious to dead. <laughs> it's like, okay, like <laughs> I gave it up on it on that point. I went back and loaded this save and just did it my original way. or I walked in because I'm immune to recycler charges. It was like this plan wasn't fucking great. Mate. Like, um I
1: I hope he does actually say something like "We'll be together." For yeah. In in a tiny little like organic matter cube. Yeah, exactly. Right?
0: But it's like I'm just gonna make fucking. Health packs out of you. Um, the, but it was, it was, one of those moments of like, Oh, you didn't, you really didn't want to make several endings to this quest. Yeah. You really didn't want to make the what happens if you disarm it ending. You didn't want to make the what happens if you knock him out ending. You just wanted you to find him and kill him. And yeah, that was, I think at that point I stopped pushing too hard at the fringes of pro simulation because there's definitely a point where at least in that, in some of the side quests, it's, it just gives up
2: like <laughs> also, i didn't it, it seems like it doesn't handle any situations well in that quest because uh i mean mine was probably my canon playthrough was, was probably um uh decent in that um i saw like because i knew he was uh up to no good i gave him the the award he let me in and then i just killed him um and then i investigated the the locker and found all the the notes from um uh, all the transcribes of uh what's danielle's girlfriend oh uh anyway her I um and sort of uh, unraveled that plot a bit um and then there's a note in there about meeting her in the next mm. to the pool um and i went and did that and uh, that's visually really cool like yeah, uh, drifting great. outside mm. um in that cool space helmet um but of course, like, you can't, even though your voice is in the game loads, you can't talk in any way, like, um, uh, from first person. And so she just had to do all the narr- all the sort of exposition work of this, um, where, because she doesn't give you a quest to kill him, because I'd already killed him. So she had to kind of, like, uh, do her normal spiel and then say, oh, I'm guessing you're the reason that his bracelet just went dead, <laughs> or went red or something. Uh, so thanks for that. <laughs> so Wow, you just made up a whole thing by yourself. There. <laughs> like, you happen to be right, but...
0: Yeah, feels From like... your
2: silence, I take it that you murdered him for me as revenge for my girlfriend. I'm grateful for that.
0: I think that's probably the, the best reason that like, when it does introduce other human characters, they tend to be sort of vaguely aligned with you, but it doesn't matter if they die, which is the, yeah. probably the perfect state for a human.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like all those, the people in the cargo bay that were kind of, I don't know, would like to introduce them earlier and, um, all the work they put into them commenting on stuff would have come up more. And they're not trying to do any like clever scripting stuff. They don't really have any quests as far as I know. And so those guys just work. They can die. They can live and they they'll mm. chat a bit and that's it. And I think that should have been the limit of their <laughs> friendly NPCs. Humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so are we skipping much Should we get ahead of to Dal's arrival? What are we missing if we? Because i just thinking about, like, obviously time, but also...
1: Yeah, I can't think of much else. That's... Crew quarters and deep storage.
0: Deep storage is a kind of cool thing. It's not like being ejected into space, although mm. it was an excuse to hit you and something, so you can have a flashback. <laughs> or a flash sideways. Um, and then
1: resetting the reactor. I
2: think yeah. Um, I did enjoy a lot of that technical mm. stuff. Um, I think I talked about this in the main pod, but when I... Um, I, I wouldn't have said the details, because it would be a spoiler. Um, just when you're on your way to... To um, reset the reactor, um, uh, Michaela Zorn has been telling you how to do it, and uh, she, uh, in an extremely uh, polite uh, way, uh, sort of mentions that she's dying and there's no <laughs> way she could possibly get her medicine from her office, and doesn't ask you to do it. Uh, she just sort of says that, and a, a timer starts ticking down like two hours. <laughs> so my new direction, oh, time limit, but it is like two hours, um, and i thought my my sort of read on what was happening was i was being given a choice of like oh do you want to like ignore her and get on with the, the main quest um or do you want to double back now and go and get her her medicine and i like there's an airlock right near you where you are but you can't get through it because the power shut down hmm. and my objective was to go in and reset the reactors to get the power back online which was right ahead of me and so i kind of took a gamble i was like i think my shortest route to your office is to go and restart the power and so I did the whole quest, um, but I did it in, even though I had two hours, I did it in like lightning mode and just sprinted to it. And, um, uh, it was brilliant. <laughs> like the, the time limit, even though it wasn't tight at all, just, just kind of, um, made me, uh, sprint past everything and, um, I actually got... That's when I got Repair 3, because there's a, some mm. puzzles you have to solve there where it's like, either go and get a replacement one or so fix this thing with Repair yeah. 3. So I'm like, fuck it, eight points, get Repair 3, fix this, go through here. And then like, I did it with like one hour, 45 minutes to spare or something. <laughs> Cause that was funny for me. I mean, I told you
0: this already, Tom, but like, I... Uh, as soon as you enter that area, Michaela talks to you and it's before you meet her and she gives you that quest formally. And she says, just in passing, in the kind of exposition-y way that video game characters do... Like, I'm definitely dying. My pills are probably in my office. But you should probably come down to it, like... And I realized at that point, like, oh, I know where that is. (laughs) So I'd only just entered uh, life support, I think, which is the first area you pass through. But I just doubled back, went back to the cargo bay, shot myself out back into space through the way you get in to the cargo bay went round to where I knew her office was from my kind of gloom and slow-mo-based adventure at the beginning of the game, found her medicine, went back, and then by the time I even met her and she gives you that quest, I already had her stuff. Mm. And it's nice that it's already in the game at that point so that when I could speak to her, um, it was a nice moment of her saying, like, I don't expect you to save me i have to sit here forever until i die but anyway the power's <laughs> over here and i'm like no shut up here's your medicine and she's like i have to sit here anyway because animation reasons but <laughs> <laughs> like but thank you and so yeah i just bypassed that entire thing like i never even saw that time i just done in one basically
1: thinking of time limits uh the bridge is a place you can go to pretty much any time after you've discovered the arboretum. arboretum. yeah and there's an interesting... Yeah, there is an interesting quest uh, there. Moral choice there. That was,
2: I did not go to the bridge until I was literally told to. Mm. So it was literally the very last thing in the game. And that yeah. thing was just there. And it's just like, oh, I guess i have just resolved this quickly then as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did it much earlier in uh, the game. There's a fun I
1: think countdown where a shuttle is approaching landing uh, Earth that's recently been dispatched from the station. And the uh, the ex-commander of the station has been given the choice whether to detonate it or not. What did you do? For- I detonated it. Yeah. I didn't really think about it at all because they mentioned it had departed about half an hour before the initial outbreak. Yeah. Well, it was it was before the
0: first reported thing. Yeah. Like, mm.
1: But there's so much groundwork laid about how the station is basically hemorrhaging not just neuromods, but yeah. all kinds of stuff at that point.
2: There is So, as we like, you know, you know uh pretty early on what your choices or some what some of your choices are going to be for the ending and so you're you're invited to think about this like throughout mm. the game and I, I i could tell what the game was pushing me towards but i wanted to you know think about like what would i really do in the situation and my thoughts on the situation were like uh the things we know about the aliens is like, one, you can totally fight them. You can just shoot them. They do die. Like, we don't have the best weapons up here on the station because we weren't really prepared for this, but down on Earth, they got, like, military. They Like, I think we can just shoot the aliens. If aliens <laughs> get to Earth, we can just shoot the aliens. Uh, But blowing up the station uh doesn't even necessarily kill them all because they can live in space, and some of them are already outside the station. Like, they're just floating around. Like, yeah, maybe we catch them in the blast radius. <laughs> like, you know, if, perhaps the plan is that the blast radius will ca- catch all of those, but there's no guarantee at all. Mm. Like, you can tell me that these black creatures... On a black background, you're 100% sure they're only a little <laughs> bit further out.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I destroyed it because like, my initial my initial thing was like, you definitely can't be sure. And it's a bad thing. Mm. Like, if they get in, you know they'll kill people. So just, you know, everyone on the station is somewhat culpable.
1: I was thinking the fucking thing. specifically of an audio log that happens like a few days before the initial outbreak of an engineer trying to replace like a resistor bank. And oh, yeah. it melts into black goop. Yeah. And it's like, well, by that point, everything's fucked. <laughs> everything's compromised. Blow it all to shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that decision. Oh, I, yeah, I have another thing about the game's particular logic vis-a-vis blowing up the station, but I want to get to that when we actually talk
2: about the <laughs> ending. But So, Dahl, I, I feel like I might have skipped or missed some bit of dialogue here. I, I felt like I was suddenly in the middle of this Dahl situation without having a, a full briefing. Oh, yeah. Igwe saying, oh, I've got some other way to deal with Dahl. He said that and it was like, okay, I'll check in with you when I'm next to my office. And I didn't happen to go back to my office until I just ran into Dahl in a, in a situation where he was like behind some glass and I was behind some glass and there was a apparatus there to like flood his room with gas. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Um, and I knew that Igwe was telling me about that there's a non-lethal solution. Yeah. And I was like, is this it? <laughs> I can't, I'm not allowed to talk to you. I'd have to go back to my office to find out. Um, So it's going to be quicker for me to just try, save and just try the gas solution, see if that is non-lethal Um, and it turns out it is.
1: Weirdly, in two playthroughs, I've never encountered that sequence. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can resolve that situation by finding his hacker bot which is in another area of the station. Oh, yeah, which the is what, that's the thing that's giving him control over all of the systems. and Oh, uh, right. So you can just oh, either that, hack or and destroy that. shuts that. down all the
2: military bots. Yeah. I don't remember exactly when they stopped, but I was fighting the military bots for a long time. Mm. Like my resource glut um, had been mounting and mounting for the whole game and then I hit that point. And also around that time, you're doing a lot of backtracking, which means you're not finding new stuff, really. was mm. places you already picked clean. And I'm fighting military bots 100% of the time and getting no new resources. And so all my resource stockpiles just started going down and down and down. And it was kind of good, actually. It kind of bounced out. Other than psi hypos, I totally ran out of medkits. Didn't really run out of ammo, but I wasn't really using guns that much anyway. Um, and it, like, there was definitely some situations where I'm like, shit, I don't know what i do without a medkit. I need to get to this, like, uh, an operator.
0: So I'm gonna tell the story of how quickly the game ended at that point for me. Because <laughs> this was actually the point at which my power curve was just like, boop, done, mm-hmm. solved. So uh, Dahl arrives. Dahl... Uh, the first thing you have to do is find his shuttle, which is in the, the newly unlocked shuttle bay, which is very heavily patrolled by turrets and uh, the military operators, which are the laser mounted bots. Um, I get down there, I sneak around the side to get to the point where the, the shuttle is on like a raised platform, um, with loads of security around it. But I found a point where I could, I snuck past a bunch, destroyed two of the bots, but stayed completely unseen, got to the edge, mimicked one of the bots, turned into that, and they'll only chase you a certain distance if you've mimicked them. Cause it's like, well, that's one of us. <laughs> so after a certain point, Flew over to the shuttle without raising the platform, leaned off the wing, used remote manipulation to open the door using just by activating the panel because you need to be next to but you don't know if you can mm. telepathically use buttons with your brain. Jumped inside the shuttle, got all the stuff from that, got back outside the shuttle, flew back, jumped off, found a nearby bot, turned into it, flew back across, got out of the level. At that point, it triggered the dolls going to do the kill everyone in crew quarters. You got to get the, get to life, life support and get to the O2 thing. I'd already been there and cleared all of that out. So I went there, um, just ran past all of the the Typhon in the way using the teleport power just to leave decoys behind. Hmm. Um, there are two operators outside his door, he used machine mind on one of them so they started fighting each other, slowed time, started hacking the door to the room he's in before I'd even seen him in the game, opened the door behind him, tased him, left him there, went back out, went back outside, went immediately to Neuromod, because De- uh, Igwe goes, oh, you've got him. Great. We'll meet you in Neuromod. When immediately to Neuromod, De- Igwe was already there with him in the bit where you can extract his Neuromods. <laughs> Extracted his Neuromods, made him forget everything, turned him good, went to the other part of Neuromods, disabled his bot, set up the shuttle, all fine, went to the end, ended the game. Like, just... Like, mm. it was literally like an a- half an hour from that point. And it was just... Because the... It was strange, because I knew I was sort of accelerating the game, but at the same time, it was... I have all of these powers. Yeah. Like, I can just bypass this. And it wasn't speedrunning, mean... it was just
2: like. Sorry, could you, uh, just at the very end after you, uh, neuromodded him, what did you do? Uh, killed his, um,
0: bot in, in neuromod. And situation. then how did you end the game? Um, well, at that point, I went straight to Alex. Um, triggered the Alf Afe- Apex Typhon bit, which sort of begins. The, null wave. the Um, well, so my ending, I guess we're into ending territory at this point yeah. we're into it. So, Went to Alex, and I, re- I did really like the sequence. It was just that mm. I felt like I'd been so careful and so slow, even when my power level was quite high. And then at some point, basically when Dahl arrived, I just realized how powerful I was, and I could just, I can just end this. Like nothing is a threat to me, especially when I can fly. Like I think, I think maybe giving you the ability to fly was a mistake because <laughs> being a robot and flying was just so powerful all of the time in every mm. context. Um, and so. Went and found Alex, and then the Apex Typhon shows up. I uh, saved Alex by, like... I did, that was one, a nice prey moment of the logic of the game. Like, I had already grabbed him and dragged him into his safe room and closed the door to save him. Oh, right. Before mm. it told you you could do that. That was just logical to me, that, like, he was floating off unconscious. I just grabbed him and just flew him into the, his safe room. Mm. W-
2: what? made him unconscious
0: (laughs) he gets rendered unconscious by like i think the i don't think he's wearing a spacesuit and the apex type when it the windows open yeah Uh, all right and he starts to float away and you can grab him
2: i think i i think one time because i did a lot of saving load around this time obviously um one time i just ran away from him and just like went on and got on with stuff um and i think i was doing what he said like put the null wave the super null wave thing on the on the thing and so i just didn't bother with him i just left him uh, so i never found out what happened to him um and then the next time when i was trying out taking getting his key card to destroy the, the place i thought um i shot him with a shotgun like uh to kill him but it like it sent him like Pinwheeling off the balcony, and he landed down on the rocks. And then I looked down on him; and he's just unconscious. <laughs> like, uh, actually, it wasn't even unconscious. He got back up; like he was just, you know, ragdolled. <laughs> he got back up, um, and then yeah, had to finish him off. He's <laughs> quite tough.
0: So yeah, so for me, I, I already grabbed him and started to drag him into a safe room, which is how you save his life. Um, right. you get him to safe room and close the door. Um, obviously, safe room's got loads of stuff in it, so that's good. Um, and I, yeah, so my ending was I did that, and then. I went and armed the null wave. And again, just getting through areas was so quick at that point. Like I could just sort of fly off to do it. Um, this is the point where I, I got a bit frustrated because what I wanted to do, because the null wave, the super null wave makes a big, a lot of sense because it's a weapon you know harms the typhon. Mm. So my plan as someone who wants to erase all evidence, but I'd come around to the idea of letting, cause I'd save Dahl. I could get all of the survivors off the station mm. in the shuttle it was like, okay. I thought that the ending would be a bit longer than it was. So I thought I would have... I thought my, my ending, if I if i had been able to do all of the things that were logically in front of me, was detonate the null wave device to hurt the typhoon. Because I also thought the shot might not be able to get away mm. if the typhoon outside the station is still there. So detonate the null wave device, activate the self-destruct, make sure there are no typhoon on the shuttle, send the shuttle off, and then die with the station. Because mm. that, that I felt, was, like, the ethical ending. Because, like, Morgan has to die because you're stuffed full of Typhon. So, at that point, I figured that was the choice it was going to make you make. It was, like, you've taken all these powers, all game, it's time to go. Mm. And so that was the ending I wanted. So I did the first part of that, which was the null wave bit, which means you have to kill January in order to do that. And because I'd saved Alex, he's there, and January knocks him unconscious and, and that kind of thing. And so I killed January. So he detonates. I mean, also I have a machine in my office that makes January. <laughs> so less <laughs> like, sort of a sacrifice than you think. Um, also, I'm about to kill myself. So fuck it. Like yeah. you know. Um, and then press the button, and then got the ending. And so I was like, uh, oh, okay. So this is an either or thing. Mm. So the second time I went through it, I decided that the ending I actually want is the destroy the station ending, because that's the one that makes the most sense to me overall. If we're if we're kind of hand waving the fact that destroying this station also effectively lets the shuttle go and destroys the typhoon then fine we'll do that and this i um i knew i wasn't going to try and get away because you get the time window where you can try and escape the station and you can either try and get to the shuttle or get to the escape pod if you've prepped it Mm. from the side quest to get out and in which case january does try and stop you um but I decided I was just going to, you know, I was going to stay, but I wanted to try and get Alex off the station. Cause while you are trying to destroy the station, January knocks him unconscious. If he's still alive and you're in the bridge. So there was no way of getting him to the actual shuttle. And because you can't drag bodies through
1: level transitions, level transitions
0: yeah, yeah. I thought I'm going to try on the off, off, off chance that Prey has one last kind of hail Mary respecting your agency left in it. I'm going to try getting him to the escape pods in the bridge because there is a bank of escape pods in there so i dragged him all the way down the stairs and down <laughs> to the like there's a grav shaft that leads down to the escape pods and i'm gonna get him into one of those escape pods i'm just gonna press the fucking button and see what happens and see if it lets me get him off the station and then i'm gonna go back up to the bridge and, and die with the station and um i get i get him to the grav shaft i didn't even know if you could pull bodies into grav shafts with you at that point and so i sort of like bundle him into the grav shaft and then follow him down the grav shaft and then I go to pull him out of the grav shaft and it just says like, Alex dead. <laughs> I was like, aw. <laughs> like, and so I just sort of like mournfully got in the other grav shaft and went all the way back up to the top and did the ending where you sit in the chair to just wait, <laughs> await the end of the, oh, yeah. the, the destruction of the space station. Mm. Yeah. So that's how it went for me in the end. And I don't know how it went for you guys.
2: Uh, so I did the way thing. And then I, um, my sort of canon ending was I just, uh, got in the shuttle with the rest of them and just left. <laughs> I was, I was pretty, uh, like I say, I was kind of, like, doing... You don't what? get a choice
0: about that if you do the wave ending, do you? You no, just automatically... wave
1: is one ending, and then the detonation has, like, a bunch of other sequences you can run through.
2: Right. Yeah, so I escaped with them, and... Uh, um, Going by my, again, logic that, like, basically we can fight these aliens if we need to, um, and destroying a station won't conclusively get rid of them anyway. Um, and... Uh, yeah, then you wake up in the in the alex's sim lab thing and uh all is revealed uh all those key characters are operators Mm -hmm. um for some reason um you you don't find out what happened to morgan right no i think it's it's implied you're dead
0: although so my interpretation was that you are the phantom of morgan uh yeah that makes sense so morgan died but yeah, or like having too much typhon in Morgan turned Morgan into a phantom that has now been re-injected with Morgan. Mm. I don't know. That's one interpretation of it that you are the phantom that was Morgan, but that doesn't fit with the this one's busted. Yeah, that's mind. what I was just There's thinking.
1: There's a whole um, email chain and audio log about injecting human stuff into the typhon. Yeah, that you discover fairly early on, mm. and it doesn't sound like you needed like a specific test subject for that. Right, but I have an important question about the very. Like the very final post-credit sequence, which is, it's basically a, this was all a dream sequence. Mm. Mm. Why isn't it shit? (laughs) Why isn't it the worst thing that just undermines Uh, (laughs) everything else that you've gone through? It almost is. It almost is.
2: The thing undermined for me was um, before, like as I was, you know, saving, loading and doing these endings, um, uh, you know, I see how various things happen, like the early escape and um, all this stuff uh After I was doing my sort of escape ending, um, I was thinking, well, I'm going to go back and see, uh, I want, I was doing this to find out, you know, my bet is that we can cope with the alien threat, but can we? Let's find out. Let's do the ending and see what happens. And then of course you don't find out what happens because it's all a simulation and there's no consequences to anything. And so all my plans to like replay different ways suddenly just went out the window. I'm like, oh, so I'm not like, well, no matter what I do, I know exactly how they'll judge me because I've just heard, mm. heard the version for that. And I know that what the other side will be like, Oh, he shouldn't have done this or he should have done this. Um, And you don't get to find out what the consequences of your actions are. So it's like, oh, there's no point in doing those actions. Then I'll just see this reflected again.
0: I think the things that work for me is that it means that there is a purpose for parts of the story being as kind of like flatly kind of moralizing as video games tend to be. Like, Mm. you know, there's a reason that you were tested in this specific way. Hmm. It does make subsequent run through that test less impactful. And I actually ended up finding in the one I want to continue consider canon, I killed everybody at the end despite having, I got like the most empathetic ending achievement and all the bots were like, he saved me when he didn't have to. <laughs> and the Michaela bot is like, you know, she showed me the um, recording when she didn't have to. And, and, you know, there's something there and I you know I would vote to save her. And I know that I think they just kill you if, if you've been a asshole basically for the entire game, they don't give you the choice at the end. All oh, right. Um, but I just, you know, and obviously obviously the, the shake hands option is there but i was like it doesn't really matter what i do and it's actually a, a funner it's a more fun kind of twilight zone twist ending if like they went to all this extent and their monster experiment completely aced the kind of human morality test and then it was just like fuck you guys and just murdered them and just murdered them so that was my ending for
2: prey It was just like and then i murdered them the writing of that that sort of debrief thing is uh really funny because there's some obviously like custom lines to respond to specific things um And then there's, I can't remember what side quest it is or what element it is, but there's one of them where Igwe just says, and then there was the X situation and they just Mm. don't say anything about it. They just move on. And then I think the next thing he says, uh, really, we can't be sure of the motivations for anything that they did. Mm. Oh, all right. Then (laughs) that's
0: like, this whole thing was pointless then, wasn't it? I don't think it's, I think it's better than the game would have been with a different twist or no twist. I think if it had it just ended on that point, it would have felt quite flat. Because it does just sort of end, I think, quite abruptly. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually don't think it's shit, but I'm also struggling to articulate why yeah. I don't think that And It Was All A Dream is is bad.
1: It like it offers further revelations and actually shows you... Like, I think the bad version of that is you wake up and you discover that everyone you've been talking to is a bot and it's been a simulation and they just end it there. Mm. but they yeah they reveal further stuff and then they give you a choice at the end i think that's quite interesting yeah
0: it's a good double i think also it is a kind of meaningful continuation of alex's character which is sort of the twist at the end is basically that alex just kept going like Mm. and is still trying to figure this stuff out and the world is basically burning and you know this stuff is ongoing i think it helps answer for some of the kind of I think the is potentially anticlimactic if you, for example, blow up Talos 1 and the Typhon threat is gone. And, well, that's that then. You know, like, mm. the fact that they, the twist ending is the Typhon had kind of already won and this whole thing is only happening because the Typhon have basically taken over Earth um, is a cool setup for a sequel, potentially, if that's the direction they go in. A Prey 2, if you will. <laughs> um, or it's... Um, but either way, it kind of gets them out of the problem of, like... And it was all for naught. You worried about it for nothing, you know? Like it gets Yeah, into it's, like... it's hard
2: to make good on both those endings without invalidating one of them. <laughs> like... Yeah,
0: and also it means it's sort of interestingly ambiguous what actually happened to Talos 1. Like, what did real Morgan mm. actually do is sort of yeah. an interesting mystery. And how did she die? Why do they have her memories? Where is she? You know, that kind of thing is that's all kind of good stuff i think that's left hanging in an interesting way by the game whereas having it just resolved would have been unsatisfying mm. i did really enjoy the build-up to that moment like not all games are going to get this perfect but digging through the side quest to get to the secrets like getting did you get morgan's psych analysis from the secret safe
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, that's a nice kind of thing to have found when you get a sense of what she's done to herself and how she's changed. And I think, you know, for all of the, the nitpicking, there's loads of stuff I do really admire about that game's writing. Like, I like that you are a sub- a significant character in that world who has a reason to not really to have changed and not to have necessarily a memory of who they were. But also yeah. who was not a good person, like, at all. Like, you were a complete asshole. And that's a nice thing to kind of live with. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's interesting that the personality drift stuff is interesting because they, um, uh, it means you're not locked in, that they're not saying you are who, who your past says you are. Mm. Um, and they also explain why, uh, how you've left multiple instructions for yourself that completely contradict each other, <laughs> like the December and January thing.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very bio twist. I mean, it's not really a twist because you find out pretty early on, but like,
2: it's-, yeah, it's weird. It keeps, I feel like it kept asking me to sort of, um, Figure out is January the real me, or is the is the other one the real me? And it just seemed like it seemed clear to me that there wasn't an answer to that. Like there's personality drift, and therefore, yeah. and, but January keeps making that argument. I like, trust yourself. Trust what you programmed me to do. And it's like that argument really doesn't hold it doesn't fly anymore. I just
0: found like I found January overall more convincing than Alex generally. Like I think. The whole thing with Prey is it feels like a more kind of like lived in believable Bioshock for a bunch of different reasons. One of which is having these kinds of instructions from an alternate you, which is a specifically a Bioshocky thing that happens in both those games. In those games, it's a huge twist, quote unquote, where like the revelation of who Jack Andrew Ryan is relative to you and who Comstock is relative to you are like the moments those games hinge on. And Prey deals with some of the same ideas in terms of what it means to be asked by yourself to do something. Um, But does it in a way that feels more believable because it's not treated as like a Darth Vader is your father style plot mm. twist every time, you know? In fact, I think that's maybe why I don't mind. It's kind of last minute post credits kind of rug pull mm. is because it generally doesn't trade in like crazy big twists that change everything. It's sort of like you get this kind of incremental knowledge based on a kind of internally consistent set of rules. Until at the very end, you find out that nothing mattered. And that's a big rug pull, but I think it's better occurring there. Like, imagine if that reveal happened in the last act of the game, and was the thing the whole finale hinged on. I don't think it would work at all.
1: No, it would have undermined everything.
0: But because it happens where it happens, it's kind of like... I don't know, it's the sting at the end of the Twilight Zone. It's the question mark on the end of the the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think for that reason, it, it, it worked for me-ish. Yeah. I was there anything- why else should I be pray? Why? Because I feel like... So I feel for my part that I've moaned about it quite a lot. Because I feel like <laughs> a really weird, disjointed journey with it. And I can't get away from that. Because I really liked yeah. it.
2: But... I, I had such a kind of erratic experience. Like I was just in love with it for the first like six to ten hours or something. And uh, then the combat started to drag for me when I was, you know, backtracking and getting annoyed with Mimics. And a couple of little just... I mean, the canteen quest I hated. Um... And there were just a couple of little bad encounters where you, after a loading screen, there's just a kind of boss right there. And there's just nothing, uh, uh, the ways I wanted to play it, I just wasn't allowed to. Um, so that was my like slump with it. And then I started to get back into it when there was like all this crew stuff. it's it like all the, um, the survivors holding out in the, uh, cargo bay and, um, uh, rescuing Michaela and Igwe and having sort of this weird, like little posse of, <laughs> of people. Um, and I got a kind of second wind with it. And then yeah, I ended up basically really uh still thinking is really good, but uh just with a lot of kind of bumps along the way. Mm. Uh and yeah, by the end of it, I, I was really powerful by the end of it, and I had like psychoshock and concussive blast, and I could like it didn't seem to be consistent, but it like sometimes with a weaver, if I psycho shocked it and then concussive blast it, that would literally kill it just from full health, like in two things, and it was like, whoa. Um but uh it's still, the combat was better at that point, but it still didn't really, I never really enjoyed it that much. It was, uh, my favourite time for the combat was really early on when it yeah, was same. terrifying and mysterious mm-hmm. and it was just like, just hiding under a desk from a phantom or being terrified of that technopath in the, in fabrication. Mm.
0: How about you, John? What were your final kind of, cause you're midway through another playthrough, right? Or?
1: Yeah, I've gone nuts on it. <laughs> I played it through twice um once i'm normal once i'm hard and i've started another playthrough wow just because um in that final post credits wrap up um Igwe bot says specifically um and he killed loads of typhon which is great and that made me think what if you kill absolutely no typhon and you murder every human you run across <laughs> 'Cause I think a producer tweeted at some point, uh, we put a lot of work into making sure you can play it in a very specific way that no one's no one's gonna discover for months. Huh. And I figure if you just come to as a Typhon that knows it's a typhon and you're just <laughs> Killing everyone for fun and you're not harming your friends and stuff. Maybe that's like a very specific. Maybe way, what they way. mean
0: is if you go into the first EVA bit and just start jetting towards Earth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they made a whole game. M- down it down takes there. months, but yeah. you can get down there and it's great. It's just GTA. It's great. <laughs>
1: but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think the moment I really started, it really clicked and everything came together it was weirdly the first EVA section and you just go out and you see the station as a whole and you realize that the collection of levels and everything is a physical place and you can just fly around it and go in any way you want. Yeah. And it felt like the realization of something they tried in or suggested at least in Bioshock two, where you like come out of the the, the city and walk around through various underwater yeah. sections. And that when they first came out or uh, first suggested it, it felt like, Oh, this you're going to be able to walk over the entire station and come in any way you want. And then in the end, it was just like a few trudges through some preset scenery and stuff. But then in Prey, everything's just there. And it all makes physical sense. And the exterior connects up to the interior. And you can fly through and see different bits of the interior by coming in different angles and stuff. Yeah, it's it's,
0: it's quite Dark Soulsy in in that regard. Yeah, exactly. The
1: the thing that everyone praises, like, from this one point, you can see the place where you'll be in 12 hours and Mm. stuff. And it's a real world...
0: Yeah, I think that's. I think that's not to be underestimated how difficult that is to do, mm. and that internal consistency is what really sells it. I think it's the reason those small inconsistencies don't work. I think it's my, my frustration with Prey, because I really do like it, and and for much as I, I've nitpicked about it, I think the reason for that is, I think, I think it's a great game. I think had it delivered on the potential of things like the uh, the nightmare mm. and um had they had the kind of i think what probably would need would have been the critical or the self-critical sensibility to go if we can't do every logical ending for this quest we don't do this quest <laughs> yeah like if if without those moments i think it would be like all-time classic good yeah like if you know if every because those the moments where it comes alive and feels really special is when you Solve the problem in completely your own way. Like, you know, just small things like grabbing Alex, as he floats it off unconscious, and just jetting him into his survival shelter, Mm. and then having the pop-up that says, save Alex, and then instantly resolving it, because I'd already done it based on instinct and my understanding of the game systems. The whole game should be like that. All of it should feel Mm. as organic as that. There should never be a moment where you crouch an event because you know the nightmare can't find you there because its AI is dumb, and if you just wait three minutes, it will despawn. Like, that's where, for me, it drops back out of... Greatness, yeah. you know, as a game.
1: Well, those are the points where just very small things break, ironically, the simulation mm. and the whole kind of. I can't remember. Facade? Yeah. The yeah. Facade just tumbles a little bit. Mm.
0: Neat. Like, I think this is the thing, right? Like, it's so hard to get even
2: sorry i just had the thought that like maybe the reason the nightmare kind of sucks in its pathfinding is they just couldn't get that right in the, <laughs> the simulation when they're trying to like emulate what um morgan went through yeah like, fight, like, a in real nightmare. life that's why morgan's dead is because the nightmares are brilliant they're <laughs> yeah. out, and they're like how did they do that <laughs> we have to
0: nerf the nightmares in the simulation <laughs> yeah. he's great
1: at graphics and rendering programming but he can't do ai <laughs> or reflections <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah um the but that's what i mean like it's so hard to get even halfway to where Prey gets with, like, respecting mm. the player's agency and giving you freedom over a kind of meaningfully simulated area that's internally consistent with all that stuff. Like, the achievement of that is huge, particularly in what appears to be a relatively compressed development mm. for this game, Um given what it was going to be as Prey 2 originally. Like, kind of nuts, the whole history of it. But, yeah, I think for me it's just a few of those big issues away from being genuinely amazing but that said i guess the bigger question there is whether or not you would want prey to move more towards a horror direction to fix those problems or more towards a kind of immersive sim do what you want direction because it feels like one solution to both the problems with mimics as a concept where they become annoying and to the nightmare is to make the game more of a horror game about smaller numbers of individually more powerful enemies Right? yeah
2: i think i do want that like uh, in and in some ways like dealing with a single really powerful enemy sort of brings out the best in immersive sims Mm. sometimes like well that's probably too general but um in prey my favorite moments were like dealing with one thing that i was terrified of and you know in some cases that was early on like one phantom (laughs) but um uh that encouraged me to set things up and prepare and have a plan and combine as many different options as i had
0: yeah like i i think i'd probably prefer it if it was that game i think it'd be hard to get through I think there's a, you know, the point where it's like, I can bypass this bullshit because I'm a flying robot that can mind control other robots into fighting for me <laughs> and therefore nothing is a threat. But yeah, um, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it probably wouldn't work for everyone, but for me, I would have been just happy with whole load more of my experience being kind of empty like at uh, the times when i was backtracking and there was just nothing there at all i was still completely in rapt attention i was mm. so fixated on like what i was going to get out of this backtracking like i'm going here because i really need to open this guy's office because that's going to lead me to this um yeah and i didn't need it, extra entertainment i didn't need to sort of have that you know fleshed out by um more enemy encounters
0: well, i think that's one thing it proves as well is that with sufficiently kind of good writing for things like emails and detailed kind of quest planning and great interfaces and that kind of amazing sense of place backtracking isn't necessarily a chore you don't necessarily need to add in more yeah. enemies it's mm-hmm. not about getting into the next combat encounter it can be satisfying just to solve a mystery in a big place like that yeah like i would i would play the interesting abandoned space station game where there was no mystery i <laughs> oh, sorry with where there was no alien threat or any combat or anything like that where there just was Terminals and mysteries yeah. and clues and things.
2: The, the wholeness of the whole thing and the fact that you can go outside of it and uh, and all that uh, had me like daydreaming about a sort of like Star Trek type game where mm-hmm. this is your ship and you're going to go through different galaxies and encounter different stuff and sometimes that requires you to go outside to fix hull breaches or to fight off like space aliens uh, and other times. You know, enemies board your ship, and you've got to deal with it inside. Because the way you kind of get to know that place inside out is really satisfying, yeah. and just feeling like it's it's kind of your and home. That, and that is the
0: flip side to like how quickly and in some ways anticlimactic the ending felt to me is because at that point I just mastered those environments, like I knew my way across them, and that's a yeah. reasonable thing. At too. that point, it has to end. Really. Yes, I think so. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's been interesting with that in mind, watching some speedruns of Prey. <laughs> uh, I think the, fa- the, the the fastest I could see for, like, completion of the... Like, so the fastest I could see for the getting out of the station early ending was, like, five minutes. And the fastest I can see for the just completing the game, I think, with the null wave ending is seven and a half minutes, <laughs> which is nuts. But it really it shows that it's only possible because of that kind of holistic simulation mm. that the game does. Down to the fact that... Because, I mean, there's a lot of getting out of bounds and kind of skipping bits because it's quite easy to get out of the level and pray. In fact, I did it by accident at one point. Um, but there's a great little revelation in one of the videos I watched where you see that um, I don't think they can spawn items. Mm. So loads of key items are just in the world, but, like, hidden under the floor hmm. in the Arboretum. So, like, under the Arboretum, there's, like, a little space in the in the, you know... No, in the nothing beneath the the, the the lowest mesh in that environment where you can find Alex's arming key, the prototype null wave um, uh, blueprint, mm. Dahl's key for the back room of his shuttle, like loads of stuff that you wouldn't see he'll deep, deep, deep in the game. And it's really funny, like seeing people get out of bounds, dive down there, grab the null wave thing. And they've already skipped from put on your TransStar uniform at the very beginning of the game after you get out of bed and they skip straight to attach the wave device and detonate the station. (laughs) It's like such an interesting kind of like, it's so cool that all of that logic is there. And actually that's one thing, another thing that proves that that thing at the beginning isn't smoke and mirrors from the game's point of view is that if you get out of bounds during that initial first day before Morgan goes to sleep again, you can just get into Task 1 and it's just all there. (laughs) And it's completely simulated and the game just continues, which is kind of great. Like your mission objective is still put on your uniform and go to the testing center, (laughs) but you're just out in the station closing thoughts Tom on Prey the video game I feel like I
2: did it really <laughs> like, two uh, hours of it uh, yeah I mean just now like the um, yeah I've just really liked it except for a slump in the middle mm-hmm. and doesn't measure up to a dishonor too for me their bar is extremely high um, but I think I think probably got more out of it than Mankind Divided on, on balance which is saying something because Mankind Divided you know Sex is my favourite thing and Although that had a lot of narrative problems mechanically, I really liked it. Um, but I think I just wasn't fascinated by it. Whereas mm. this, I was just fascinated for so much of that playtime. Yeah. John? Um,
1: it's generally, generally going to be one of my top games of the year, I think. Mm. Already I just know that. I love the the mystery of it and its weird aliens and the whole contained environment of it i love it do you think you'll get a third play no through? i think because i've i've I'm like two hours into that and playing through without killing any typhon is just incredibly frustrating way to play <laughs> all you can do is just sneak and run and glue them up and i'll probably just go and check the wiki <laughs>
0: I was trying. I was thinking about doing a coldly execute all the humans playthrough mm. and see what happens. Like, but also not take any Typhon powers. Like, the
2: <laughs> I'm just a bad human. Yeah.
0: A <laughs> we also, well, the the no one gets out of this and no one's touching the alien stuff playthrough. The kind of brutal cleansing, kind mm. of you know, just destroy the station, save the Earth kind mm. of ending. But I think they would just murder you for that. So yeah, I think that's one. Of the, yeah, you're right when you say that that ending does make me less likely to experiment with other endings because I know it's just going to end with people saying, well. You, you didn't do, do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, well I think that wraps up our prey pod. Yep. We have we've done opinions about it and spoiled it thoroughly, so apologies if you somehow listen to all of this without realizing that's what it's <laughs> what? gonna be. Yeah. Um if you'd like to send in any I was gonna say questions. We don't need to send questions to this podcast because <laughs> we're never doing this Can't. again. This whatever. Tough. Um Obviously, regular Creighton Crowbar continues as normal every week. Spinoffs like this are made possible by our Patreon backers. You can find out more about our and Crowbar Patreon at patreon.com forward slash and Crowbar. You can also follow the Creighton Crowbar on Twitter at Creighton Crowbar and on YouTube at forward slash Creighton Crowbar. Logically follows one from the other. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I am at C Thurston. That's C T H U R S T E N. Tom.
2: I'm at Pentaduct,
0: Pentadact, P E N T A D A C T. And John.
1: I'm at John R, J-O-H-N underscore A double R. You
0: sounded a little bit
1: uncertain about that for a moment. I couldn't tell if it was a mimic or not. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. sense. (laughs) But it's as close to a closing joke (laughs) as we're going to get. So let's
0: leap in the air and high five and freeze frame. Thanks for listening, everybody. everybody.